So you get hit in the face with some dog shit and you're like still picking it out of your face. And like the second you get enough out of the one eye to be able to see, wham! Schools of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshit about the form of years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. MAGA up all sticky with Grape Fago today, and it appears to be a Game Pro 5 issue, even though the cover got ripped off at recess the other day. The link will be in the show notes, as they always are, and please rate and review the podcast if you could. It uh, gives us validation and self-worth, and, and we like that. So what are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now? Oh man, it's it's been interesting, man. I so I've been jamming on Undermine a lot. You, you always sound so emotionally taxed at the start of it. <laughs> There's so many games. It's it's one of those weird things that you know. Obviously, being a video games fan since I was a kid, and now that I'm working in the video game industry, it's just like my world is revolving around games. So I feel like I'm constantly playing so many. I'm like, wait a minute, what what am I what am I focusing on that's actually that I'm enjoying and not just like doing for study or something? So. Yeah, man, it's I've been doing a lot of undermine and I, I know I posted a video of me playing that on our Facebook and stuff, but I don't know if I talked about it, but it's this weird like dungeon like crawler Metroidvania roguelike. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like I didn't know it was an RPG. I guess that's the bottom line. I picked it up, you know, as we've talked, I was looking for a very short little fun dink around low stress game and that looked fun because I saw it on Game Pass, but I did I had no idea it was an RPG and so I've got sucked in and I've dropped like 30 30 plus hours with it so far and yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh so a lot of that and then I've been playing some more Elder Scrolls online with Courtney. We recently finished the Western Skyrim DLC and that was that was pretty cool and fun and I was able to get back into the vet trials and beat uh the latest trial. I think it's called Veteran Kinds Aegis, which is my first time beating that, so it was a lot of fun. Um, and I've been jumping into some Fortnite battles here and there just with Jesse, not because I love Fortnite, but because Jesse got sucked back into it. And so it's fun to play with my brother. Uh, I've been doing that just a little bit here and there, but man, honestly, I'm much more excited about what I'm about to play than what I've been jamming on. So let me tell you, Dragon <laughs> Quest 11 just got released. I downloaded it. Dude, I'm, I'm going to start it this weekend. So you're, you're good, good later, buddy. <laughs> you're fucking you're gone uh, i i like i you know i haven't played it the newest one i played is three so i don't you know i don't even know firsthand but i know that you're fucked for a long time <laughs> yeah so i'm excited about that but yeah for that reason i'm slightly concerned because it seems like every game that i want to play now is huge like i was playing assassin's creed valhalla bought that like right for series x launch it's an amazing game, but it's so large. It's like, man, I need to play some other stuff before I, I I'll have no other time. Is that and so, Dragon Quest on Switch? Uh, it might be on the Switch. I don't know. I know it's on Game Pass on Xbox. I don't know if it's on Switch though. I'm, I'm kind of like I I need. I'll get into it when I fucking start rambling. But the I need I need something immersive uh, again. Oh. Well, there's many of those, man. I can tell you. So, so yeah, that one, but not necessarily that it adhere to all my cunty standards. 
Jack. <laughs> Such bougie standards you have. To yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's it. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I recently found out because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I found out that Jedi Fallen Order is since that's also on Game Pass now, and it's I found out that that's canon in the Star Wars universe. So now I'm like, wait a minute, I gotta play that so I understand what's going on there. And yeah, so those two games for sure are coming up on the list to play. And so, yeah, a lot of games, a lot of my other games are probably going to fall away. What about you, man? Well, holy fucking shit is the first thing I want to talk about. The <laughs> 3D Sin NES emulator now supports Dragon Warriors 1 and 2, uh, as well as Final Fantasy, which you, of course, know because I posted about it and we chatted about it. But, you know, this the that 3D emulator had been on my radar for a while. And part of why... I didn't already have it, despite my, you know, I mean, the first time I saw, it, like the very first, I'm sure it was like ultra beta, maybe not even that level of demo video. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my fucking god, I must own that, <laughs> you know, like immediately, like there's just no doubt in my mind that like you can have, take my money, you can have charge, like I'll give you whatever you want, like just give me that, give me that software. Uh, so you know, it was it was inevitable that I owned it, but the. Uh, last time I checked, it was still in beta, so you know, I like I it, I I was able to hold out and not like subject myself to like an unfinished product. You know, I'm pretty hardcore about fucking not not signing up for that shit. But seeing on Reddit that it was on the 25th, I think that that they had because you know the way that thing works, you don't it you know it doesn't not every NES ROM it, it uses regular NES ROMs, mm-hmm. but it can't just you can't just plug any rom into it like the the developer has had to make kind of like an accompanying profile 3d uh conversion profile file that works in conjunction with the original rom so not every game is supported uh, is, is what that means so you know the developer is going one by one through nes carts and creating these things and i'm you know i don't make 3d nes rom conversion files but i'm guessing it's fucking not a a short process, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, you know, it's taken it's taken him or her a while, and or them, however many people. I don't know exactly how many people. This I'm sure it's not many. So you know, they, I think they're up to like ninety something now, including these three. So wow, you know, out of out of the NES library, that's like seven hundred and twenty some odd uh, titles, licensed titles. Even there, you know, there's unlicensed ones as well. You know, that's that's how far they've gotten. So. Uh, I didn't expect because yeah yeah because these games are so intense and and just you know fuck man the RP there's just an RPG is so much more than your kind of you know normal Nintendo game probably so I just assumed that if we ever saw these it would be forever down the road I did not expect early on in in the release cycle of this thing for for these games to be supported so I, I just I completely lost my shit and and in the, in the video like smartest thing ever actually in hindsight like fuck like you know it, it made me go I bought it like seconds later <laughs> I was on my computer like I stopped whatever the fuck I was doing and I went over and I bought the thing <laughs> like, so you know great job marketing wise uh, so that was that was a smart uh, decision to, to 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 take the time to do these but yeah, and they look, you know, so I, I, I didn't even t- turn on Dragon Warrior 2. I did, I posted the videos of it and, and was talking to you guys about Dragon Warrior 1. So, like, I, you know, it would have been so cool. I'm glad I did it the original way for our side quest because I hadn't played the game in its entirety 
for so long and that game is so important to me, you know. So I, I don't want to say that I I regret not having it, but I do want to play this fucker again in 3D now, even though we just played it. So that's how cool that is. And I was looking at the videos of Final Fantasy and and Dragon Warrior 2, like the, the trailer that they posted, it was all three games. And I, I like, I want to do a side quest and I 100% will like fucking do it that way when we do one of those games that's supported, you know? So, um, yeah, it's 10 bucks on steam and I happen to get, I think it's, it's over now that it's I think the first that ended, but it was 25% off. It's only, you know, so it's super cheap. They do have a VR set, like uh, an, an actual headset VR version that costs a little bit more so you can play the games you know i mean like i've seen videos of that too but of course it's not the same experience if you don't have the headset so i haven't been able to experience that firsthand but i mean that's incomprehensibly cool too you know i, I can't even imagine what the fuck that's like <laughs> but even even just the the baseline you know 2d turned into quasi 3d on your screen is super fucking cool yeah sign me up i mean you you saw me i was like yep time for dragon war 2 let's do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i fired to i that the one I, I i played in enough depth to like maybe just talk about and like kind of give a, a listener an idea like so i i firing up dragon warrior one and, and it, it, it like the throne room is a genuine 3d space now so like everything in the game you know like the floor is recessed and it kind of has the treasure chests are now a 3d object at the edge of the tile that they're on so like when you when you when you play the game normally we even talked about it i believe at one point when we were picking the game apart that you know you would stand on top of the of a tile that is a treasure chest you know and you're literally standing on the on the treasure chest they like he took the time to kind of like push that to the edge of the tile so you stand in front of it in the oh. 3D space now, you know, which is just, that's just one awesome example of the implementation of this. You know what I mean? That's and, a small, but a big change. I mean, that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like the forest tiles are now actual trees. And when you're walking th- on the overworld map and when you're walking through them, they obstruct your sprite somewhat. It, you know, it's just, I, oh my God, it's just so fucking cool, man. It's just so fucking cool. I can't believe, I mean, it's not surprising that someone thought of it. It surprises me that someone was able to implement it so effectively <laughs> you know like i'm sure this has been a thought in a million people's minds since who knows when since the first 3d games were becoming a thing basically uh you know in the early the late 90s uh this has probably been something that people have been like trying and wanting to do the fact that they found a way to, to pull this off so seemingly well is, is is really fucking cool and yeah i mean there's a zero dot i'm gonna strong arm us into dw2 or final fantasy though <laughs> so, <laughs> so i can play through them with this upgrade there's just no chance i'm a-okay with that it's, it's <laughs> funny that that's become a thing now because it's it looks obviously super cool and i'm excited to play that too but i wouldn't have even ever thought of that like i i guess i would have thought of like the later games like all right well if you want 3d we'll create a later gen version where you can make them you know much more open world but like Having the original ones, the way they did it, it's so cool. Such a cool idea. Yep. So fucking amazing. My only real concern is, and it seems almost inevitable to me, that to encounter a late game bug and, and like being fucked after sinking hours and hours of gameplay into a save, uh, you know what I mean? Like that that worries me a little bit, but I, I think it's worth the risk to, to experience these games that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I could not have that not be the first thing I talked about. So definitely go get that if you are even a remotely sane retro game player. I think it's like a just a no brainer. (laughs) So beyond that, I did conquer Paper Mario. It's a great game. Play it. Like, I don't even know, again, like I've said it over and over again. Like, I can't say anything that I haven't said about it. It's just a really good game. 
Highly recommend it. Go play it. And I am still rocking and rolling on the latest episode, or the last episode, rather, of Doom 2. And it's super fucking hard, so I can't beat it, but it, it is still entertaining. And because, like, I, so I looked up, I mentioned I wanted to, I was going to, like, my next big thing after I beat Paper Mario, I mentioned I was going to get those Baldur's Gate games. And so I, I got to that point after I beat Paper Mario, and I started doing some research. And I don't know, man, it sounds like they are super clunky by modern standards. You know what I mean? Because they are just direct ports while somewhat of like, there are some modernized interface things that they did to make it a little cleaner but it still sounds kind of, i don't know man it sounds kind of messy and there was no it's still full fucking price and like paying 50 bucks for a really long game that's going to be a little bit trying you know i don't know i just didn't i when i got to the to go time i just didn't i ended up not doing it yeah so. That, I mean, that makes sense to me, man. Even, and we'll talk about it, going through some of these older games, there are a couple of them, even during this episode, that I was like, man, this is clunky. I, I can't even get into this now. So I completely get that. Yeah, just purely because of the mechanics of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And with the new one, you know, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to make the jump to the new console gen, but uh, with Baldur's Gate 3 being on that and being modern and the same idea, like it just, I don't know, my, it just, it doesn't, it seems stupid to me to, to immerse myself into something that I might be frustrated with when the better option is available you know yep uh so yeah so in response to that with nothing to do i ended up turning subnautica back on <laughs> I, so, you so, there. I was like okay more subnautica all right yeah like so i, I came up with this project that like i found a heat vent nearby the base i had built in this like not the original full playthrough i did but the new the new game i had started and you know what that's basically a volcano is what that is <laughs> so like i was like well how you know it's because it's so close to my base i was like i could build like a little tube over there and like basically build a part of my base down inside of the volcano and how fucking cool would that be and as far as subnautica projects go that's the kind of thing you look for once you beat in the game it's like how what crazy ass manipulation of the base building mechanic of the game can i like push to the limits you know that's like that's the it's shockingly satisfying like the the resource acquisition shit that you have to do is almost like a drug dude it's just like the second i started doing it, i was just like it felt so good <laughs> just going out and finding quartz to turn into glass to build glass tubes with and like you know your inventory is only so big so it's like a, it's very much just a cycle a repetitive cycle but it's shockingly satisfying anyways so i do this i mean i, do, I spent a whole fucking night and then like the start of a new new day I started on the, I, I spent onto this project only to find at the very end of doing it that my dude would not, would still not survive inside of the base down in the volcano. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like I died a million times, like trying to like run it. Cause it's like, it's a heat vent. So it's not a constant flow of heat coming out of it. It's, it's yeah. intermittent. So like I could like run in or, or swim in, you know, whatever quickly and like build a tube real quick down another level and then back out before the fucking and like i would die half the time doing that even <laughs> so like i went i died all these times and like just you know fucking uh, just way more work than it had to be uh, or should be to do anything yet somehow was still enjoying uh i still enjoyed it and got all the way to the end of it and then like got it down you know into the thing and like was able to build the final little fucking unit that you could actually go down the tube that i had been building into and like stand in it you know and be able to maybe eventually build a window to look out and that was my plan and build an observation deck and <laughs> like do all that work and like oh finally finished like okay great and like and i have to go like all the way back to the base because it's 
like the the tube is just a fucking there's no I didn't build an entryway into it because it was just that required more resources so I like had to go all the way through the tube so I could go all, all the way back to my base go all the way back down through this tube out to this fucking heat vent go down the fucking thing and then like get in there like okay cool and then like the blast starts you can like hear it happen outside the thing and then my guy just goes boom and incinerates <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, oh my god man this is fucking pointless so it was maybe so sad i was so sure that inside the base i would be safe you know <laughs> yeah something unsafe about volcanoes man uh... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it makes yeah i'm not i'm not uh undermining the physics whatsoever it makes perfect sense but i didn't expect the game to be so physically to, to be so scientifically accurate i guess <laughs> Uh, especially because I got like the heat suit on, like I, I got a fucking swimsuit that allows me to like, I can you you can swim. There's like a whole like the end of the game is down into this volcanic area, mm. you know, and you can survive in that. In the suit that I had on inside the base that I had built, and like you can build a base down in that volcano area too. You, it allows you to do that if you want to. So like there were just a million things that suggested I would be able to survive the activity. <laughs> <laughs> play the game not the case so yeah completely wasted 24 hours of my life basically <laughs> but as long as you had fun doing it yes i guess i don't know it's hard to say in hindsight uh, i guess at the time i thought i was having fun whatever so that's all I've done so yeah i need something new so I'm, I'm 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 kind of searching maybe i'll see if dragon quest is available i'm sure when i look at the price of that though it'll piss me off and i, and I won't want to buy it I can't imagine that's not like seventy dollars. <laughs> that's that's why you got to get Game Pass, man. That's why you got to get Game Pass. That though, that, especially that man. How long is that gonna be on Game Pass? A long time. Let me tell you, it literally just was released. It'll be on there for long, long enough for you to beat it. I'll put it like that. That's all I could say. How long is that? I I, I don't know, Josh. I can't give you exact. Well, give me I can't a, give you exact month. Are, count. are there not other examples now, like of, of other? That you come you you have to there have to be full cycles that have ran their course. Oh yeah, like, sure. But I mean, if you think about it, Red, like there are... on there? how long was Red Dead on there? Red Dead, uh, Red Dead was on there. I don't remember when it entered the catalog. Maybe because I started, I started there in March, and maybe maybe it was there from like Feb to now. I'm not sure. I know NBA 2K. 20 was huge and that came in in like february but went went away like right before 21 but that's just because of the new edition came out yeah but i mean there's other games that have been on there for well over a year that i mean elder scrolls has been on there for a couple years ever since i've ever since it came out you know i'm sure i would imagine you can so like you do that and they take it away off game pass and if you buy it you get your save games back right oh of course yeah Right. Oh. So that, that, that's what I view that. That's how I view that. Like, that's the plan with that. I well, just, I don't trust them. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly never happened to me. It's the only games that I've seen get removed are games that I either didn't play or wouldn't have played because they were like very, very small, like games I just didn't pick up that didn't really didn't really move the needle for me. But like other games, every other game on there that I've wanted to like play, I've had enough time to beat it and play around, mess around with it. And most of them are still on there. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think you really have to what, worry about what if that. What if 18 months later I want to turn it on and build a base for no reason down in a volcano in a game? <laughs> I'd, I'd, have, <laughs> I'd have to buy it outright to do that. And that's that makes me sad. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. On the Game Pro 5. <laughs> Thank you.
that was the prologue theme from Flying Dragon. Quite an interesting title. Yes. And this brings us into Game Pro Issue 5, which is from December of 89. And the cover price is $3.95 US, $4.95 Canadian. Jay, what in Z fuck is going on with this cover, dude? <laughs> Every time I look at it, I'm like, wait, what? It stresses, yeah, it stresses me out. The cover, the cover stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> like, like, what's dripping on him? Is he excited? Like, I, I have no clue what's happening. Right, yeah. It's, so it's a close-up of a kid's head, and he's completely tweaked the fuck out. His hair is standing on end, and it looks like like some energy beams are kind of emanating in all directions out of it, like with the hair, you know? And his eyes are wide and bloodshot. There's spirals coming out of them. Like there's, yes, the the, the head sweat beads are grotesque as fuck. <laughs> and the skin is melting off his neck onto his shirt. And his shirt looks like maybe it's kind of melting too. And mm -hmm. he is cheesing. It's like a cheesing but open smile with weirdly perfect teeth that really bother me. Like I think that's the part that bothers me the most is his mouth. <laughs> like I, I do like the way, yeah, his teeth. It's just it. I don't know. But it really, really gets to me. <laughs> I don't know, man. L looking at the copy here, incredible, amazing, blow your mind on our holiday issue. I guess that's their interpretation of blowing your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if yeah, if you can take your your eyes off the artwork long enough to read them, yeah, there there are there are a number of of things listed on the left side next to the kid's head that yes, try to I guess explain what the fuck is going on here, and yeah, that that first line is uh, supposedly the caption to this, I suppose. But the so yeah, there's there's also 28 pages of new games you just gotta have. And the four titles listed below that are Rolling Thunder, Dynamite Dukes, The Last Battle, and Alien Crush. There says there are tips and tactics, sharpen your skills with these wild moves. There's a free poster, see page four. And I don't know why, but that subheading made me chuckle. The see page four, I don't know, it made me laugh. <laughs> I don't have an explanation for that. But lastly, some paid product placement with exclusive Universal Pictures' The Wizard. Yes. With it being the holiday season, we are getting the last... Uh, the last push on that, I suppose. So along the top edge, it still has the weird list of general contents that I can't help but point out. The So it lists Nintendo, Sega, TurboGrafx, Genesis, Game Boy, Atari. And I just find it so bizarre they use the word Sega and Genesis separately. Like, <laughs> it should be Master System and Genesis. Is You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know. That would have been, I guess, space is limiting, but then... I yeah. guess I SMS. Yeah. I don't know. Figure it out, man. It's like it's it's just it, it's got the vibe of when your parents would talk about video games, or like just about any cutting edge electronics. Actually, when when you were a kid, and they just couldn't fucking comprehend even the broadest strokes of what these contraptions might be, and furthermore, didn't have a sliver of interest in learning about them. Like that's what that's what it feels like to me. You know, like they just don't <laughs> don't quite get it. They don't want to get it, and they don't care that they don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. That's how it feels to me. So, moving inside the mag, the inside cover is a full-page title deal for Sky Shark on NES, and this is a flying World War II-era shmup. came out in September, so uh, I assumed we chatted about it, but firing it up, it, it didn't, it seemed pretty foreign to me, actually. And it's, I, you know, not too fucking bad, given the subject matter. Did you diddle with it at all? Not at all, because, I mean, for precisely that reason, we've talked about it. It's not really my, my genre. I yeah. moved up. Fine shmups, yeah. It's not bad though. I it, it I was not like a lot of times when I turn those on, despite my best interests in mind, I like immediately am like, oh, why? 
I knew. <laughs> and I was like, they turned that on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can. Like, if I was forced, to, if I had nothing to do but play this, I get it could occupy me for a few minutes at least. Hmm. And then next up is a full pager for Kim Koseka's Shadowgate on the NES. And I've already adamantly professed my love for this game, but I've never seen this ad before. And I fucking love it, man. It's a really, really cool ad. The So there's like the, the bold headline up top is a quote from the game text in the game or the game copy, I guess, that's in the game. And it reads, you stand at the edge of a deep chasm. From the darkness below rise the screams of the undead. And I think that's a great choice for, like, I don't know, conveying the tone of the game. It's, it's just a phenomenal piece of writing that encapsulates the game perfectly, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. And there is a few awesome paragraphs of pitch text below it, too. I'm not going to subject the listeners to it, but I, I do highly recommend giving it a read if you're following along with Mag. It's, it's a cool copy for sure, you know. Dude, this is a cool ad. Like, I, I was definitely feeling it, and it piqued my interest. So I'm like, whoa, what is this game? Like, because I, I don't know how long it's been since we talked about Shadowgate, but I assumed I hadn't seen it because, yeah, I hadn't seen this ad either. So I fired it up, and I was like, oh, what is this? And then I immediately was like, you know how you're trying to emulate it. And it's like, would you like to start where you left off? I'm like, wait, so I tried this? <laughs> yeah. and I went back to it. I was like, oh, freaking this game. No thanks. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I mean, I played a little further. I tried to play it a little further. I was like, nah, not, not, not getting it's into not, it. It's not, it's, it's, you cannot just turn it on and fuck with it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you have to sit down like, okay, I'm playing Shadowgate now. Like that's 100% a requisite thing to enjoy it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the so the art in the ad is a live action photo of an average suburban kid in average suburban attire standing at the edge of a pit with a torch in his hand. And a couple of Tales from the Crypt Crypt Keepers are, <laughs> are flanking him on each side, a red, a red and a green one that look pretty cool. And then there are a bunch of creepy hands reaching up at him from the depths, like the chasm that's that's spoken of in the copy, you know. So they do a pretty cool job of creating a visual for for you know that copy that they had and it's yeah i don't know a couple screenshots are there also i fucking love this game i'm telling you it's so good dude if you got into it it's so good if you if you allow yourself to be immersed it's (laughs) yeah and next after that is atari dropping dough on that same two-page pick a fight after school spread with the 7800 game boxes we saw in the last issue yep and after that, GamePro drops some new subscribe artwork on us next, and it's a full pager. And using their comic mascot this time, uh, Adventures of GamePro Todd, or whatever his name is. And <laughs> he's being swarmed by five space lizards here in the art, which is, I don't believe, I don't remember seeing in the comic yet. Maybe it's a, an upcoming storyline we have yet to, to, to be able to enjoy. But... I don't like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this has been in the previous ones, but it feels new to me. Game Pro is the magazine for the player who is serious about having big fun, and I and I feel like that's a, a shot fired over the bow of Nintendo Power. Like, <laughs> Game Pro is more fun than Nintendo Power. I feel like what they're saying there, you know. <laughs> yeah. So next is a full pager from Broderbund with three NES titles, and two of these we've seen: Legacy of the Wizard and Guardian Legend, and uh, one that just dropped here in December, Battle of Olympus. And it's worth mentioning that they cite both Legacy and Guardian having a top 10 ranking by Nintendo Power. You know? mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, Guardian is a damn solid space shmup that's been listed by some of our Nintendo counselors, including Mullet Todd, if I recall correctly, as a favorite. And <laughs> Legacy is an RPG type that I was curious about when I fiddled with it a while back. It's kind of kind of a cool game. And Battle of Olympus, upon firing up, is a side view action adventure deal 
that is absolutely gunning for a Zelda 2 like experience. It, it's like had so much of the same feel and, and, and play style. And it's just like basically set in a Greece story world, like an ancient Greece story world instead of whatever the fuck you would call Zelda, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I posted this shit on the on the socials too, but I fired it up and the opening screen title is just pretty fucking dope. And they make you name both a hero and a heroine at start. And that's of course Todd and Toddette in, 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 my, in my case. <laughs> naturally. Uh, I, yeah, naturally. I've, I've found three reasons to say the word Todd already. We've been recording for like seven minutes. <laughs> 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 uh, so yes, yeah, so it's of course not as solid as Adventure of Link, but I do think that it might have the potential to be reasonably good. Uh, you you really think that, you must have played it longer than me because I I fired it up too, did the whole naming thing, and I was walking around and I was like I okay like I like the moving around the art, but it didn't really seem like I could figure out what was going on. Clearly, there's like the a deep story going on here and you have to search and all that. So I, I knew that there'd be talking to every person. Yeah. I knew this would be something that'll be a very time consuming game to play, yeah. but I couldn't really fight anything other than the slimes driving from the trees and figuring anything else. I was like, all right, I, I clearly am not getting into this game right now. Like if I want to play this game, I need to set aside some time and actually like get into it. Right. Precisely. Yeah. I agree. That's definitely requisite for this too. Um, yeah. I got to, so I got out of the village. I went, through like that next wooded sequence all the trees yeah yeah and then i think i got into another town type deal and i was like this looks exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i got i was tired of talking to people for something that i knew i wasn't gonna stick with for any length yeah. of time see so, yeah, i we, when i posted on the socials that kurt which is one of the one of the loric disciples that frequents our facebook page he he 100 because I, I was like asking like there were you know, people it, it it got people to post you know, and oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that and shit like that. So I, I was asking, like, is it good? I'm not sure if I can tell if it's good. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, Kurt was like, yeah, nah, nah, <laughs> so uh, unfortunate, but it looked like it had potential. Uh, and maybe, you know, whatever, that's that's just Kurt's opinion. <laughs> maybe it is good. So across from the staples from that is the table of contents. And they're still doing that fucking awful cropping of pages in the mag thing for the images here. And the, yeah, the, the the first time I noticed they've graduated away from this, I'm going to be so proud of them. <laughs> well, it's, it's not bad with like the controller one, like the top image, because yeah. the controllers. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But then, like looking at last bottom, I'm like, okay, you just zoomed in on the dude's face. Like, right. I, I, you know what though? I would say, I, right? Yeah, I would say though, on all three of them in, in this, I think they like, because the when we pointed out the first time, it looked like a child had just randomly drawn a box on a photo <laughs> and they cut it out and put it there like there was no effort for like i you know i don't know like purposeful creative design in the choice of the thing that was in the box you know what I mean? it was oh, just yeah. like a random cutout of a like page is that someone here and a leg what is that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so yeah this uh, yeah these look like there is a focus of the photo even though it is just a cropping of a page in, in the magazine so it's a little better, but it's yeah, still the same idea. So I don't know. That kind of maybe demonstrates growth, but not quite there yet. Just like Josh Allen. Growth <laughs> mindset, Josh. Growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Growth mindset. That's what that's what Coach McDermott says all the time. Uh, a, a one pager from Hal America next with those same tired ass three NES titles they have been <laughs> put on us so many times in these fucking ads. Air Fortress, Adventures of Lolo, and Rollerball. They've been advertising since Square One with GamePro with these same fucking titles, dude. And right. uh, I was wondering about the marketing plan here. Like, I'm like, 
I've only been doing this for like less than a year, but I feel like I've seen this ad like a thousand times. Right. Yeah. I wish yeah, I wish I was thinking I wish I could see their advertising budget spent for these three games compared to other ad buys of the time, you know, or ad buyers rather, like Taito, et cetera, like the ones that we we, we do see a lot from. You know, here Taito's done like that Sky Shark, and we've seen Airwolf, and we've seen kind yeah. of, you know, they they've done a lot of ads in these, but they've at least they've changed the product, you know. What I mean, so I would just love to know. I don't know. It's just got to be way fuck more than the closest competition. Their their ad spent for these three titles. You know what I mean? Yep. Be fun to see. A nice infographic to have. That would be great. <clears throat> Letter from the editor or the game pros, if you will, is next after that. And kind of in poor taste, I'd say they're playing off the major earthquake that happened in October uh, of this year to say that there's a second quake coming for the holidays. A bunch of new video game shit they're covering the issue. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but this sent me down a huge rabbit hole. So prepare yourself, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, so yeah, they are referencing the 1989 Loma Prita, I believe is the pronunciation, earthquake, which was a 6.9 on the Richter scale. And its epicenter fell near Santa Cruz, which is a little southeast of San Fran. Right. And first of all, I did not know they named earthquakes until Googling this. <laughs> so that was news to me. I wasn't aware that was a thing like hurricanes, but they do, uh, I guess, really big ones anyways. And this is the one that happened during the World Series game between the Giants and A's. And do you remember that? The Giants and A's? Is that what you said? Yeah. The the I'm... San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. I was... I do. I Because I was a huge baseball fan around that time. Because that's like... A before huge the A's fan, dude. I fucking loved Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. When I was yeah, there. I'm like, I got all those cards for sure. Yeah. Ricky <laughs> Henderson, fucking even the uh, Canseco's... Uh, brother was Ozzy Canseco was on the team. That fucking, I, yeah, that team was great and uh, super fun to watch because all they did was hit dingers off steroids, you know. So, <laughs> and Ricky Henderson like stole a base every time he got on base. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, if you, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought I remembered the footage, the broadcast footage of this, but I, I apparently did not because when, 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 or at least not accurately, because I, I fired it up and checked it out, and it's pretty fucking crazy dude i I highly recommend the link will be in the show notes i highly recommend checking it out so it's like like the 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 one that's just the broadcast feed is like i don't know maybe seven minutes of and and they're they're in the pregame and it's a young al michaels actually like al michaels and john madden fame you know uh that dude doing doing the main commentary and then some dickhead i didn't recognize doing kind of the like the color stuff next to him Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they're like they're going, they're just talking, talking about pregame, you know, typical fucking World Series baseball shit. And then like the screen just fucking cuts off, but the audio doesn't. And like it's like it cuts to like a. It was actually impressive how quickly they had. I don't know. I, I like when I think of like old workflow for like what a live broadcast must have been, knowing how clunky all the fucking technology was at the time. Like I can't believe anything happened instantly. But like it like cut straight to like a technical fucking difficulty situation uh some kind of card you know as a mm-hmm. still card still image and but all the audio continues and you hear fucking al just like what <laughs> like oh my god like, oh my god. <laughs> like all this chaos is happening and he's like it like goes on for i don't know 45 seconds or something and he's like uh i think we're still on <laughs> super fucking had to be crazy as hell uh yeah i mean they were you know they were saying that like part of the like the like because this is this is the one that 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 a bunch of the elevated freeways in san francisco collapsed and shit so uh you know it was like a it was like a, I, I remember that image very viscerally because the 
so I, it was on the cover of an issue of this kids news periodical we used, we used to get in elementary school when I, when I was little. So like, I mean, I want to say it was maybe fourth or fifth grade and I can't recall the name of the, the magazine for sure, but the like Googling around trying to figure it out, I think it might've been a scholastic published thing called the weekly reader. I want to say. Oh, and, weekly reader. I love that. Okay. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on the cover of one of those. And yeah, I mean, it just like, I don't know that, that collapsed image of the, of the interstates is fucking seared into my memory, dude. Like I remember it perfectly on the cut. Co- I can remember the shitty ass iron heater that the stack of them was on. Like I have the image is just burned into my fucking memory. It was so it's such a thing to me as a kid, you know, uh, clearly wow. earthquakes don't happen to you in Ohio. So, you know, <laughs> like the idea of something that could do that was just, I don't know. It fucked with me a lot as a kid. And so, yeah, so it was like, a, it was a huge thing. So they were saying that like, because of the game, and so many people being there already, because like I said, it was right before the start, that that the roads were kind of emptied out a little bit. Otherwise, the death count would have been way higher with all those collapses and shit, you know? So wow. it pretty, pretty, I don't know, just crazy happenstance that it played out that way. That way. That it's such a memorable thing because it's the World Series and that the World Series had somewhat of a, I don't know, a saving grace role to it, you know? It's pretty wild. Baseball saving lives. Jose Canseco saving lives. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you if you've ever seen Jose Canseco's Twitter account. Holy fuck! <laughs> no. Oh my god, he's batshit insane, dude. He is fucking insane. He must. It's got to be like he's got uh, like drugs or something going on. He's like his his Twitter tirades and shit are just fucking insane, man. Like Jab actually will just sometimes randomly send me one, and like he's not even on Twitter. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's social media fucking. You know completely against it yet he will send me jose can say go to me i don't even know how they get to him but he he i guess he followed maybe he has a burner account just to follow jose can say go <laughs> oh man anyways told you that was a rabbit hole but after that we get another hal ad we've seen for game boy titles revenge of the gator and shanghai and that leads us into the mail and I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to lead off your your mail analysis this time, or do you want me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Josh. You're doing a good job. Okay. All right. <laughs> the the third letter from Howard in Houston is asking a technical question about cart compatibility between the Japanese and U.S. release of the same system, the PC Engine TurboGrafx-16, and I don't know. To me, it was it was so representative of how taken for granted the acquiring of information is for us. Mm. Like this dude didn't want to drop major dough on games that might not work with his Japanese system. So he had Japanese, he had the PC Engine Japanese version of the system, and he was thinking about buying U.S. TurboGrafx-16 games locally because the importing of the PC Engine ones from Japan was way more expensive, you know? So he, he, and he, he didn't know what to do about that and whether or not they would work, and he just didn't know where to turn. So, so he sits down and he writes a letter to this game magazine that he reads, right? GamePro that just came out. And it's like a fledgling thing. They came and figured their table contents out. It's like, you know, they, they've demonstrated no real expertise. <laughs> but he chooses, he chooses to write them a letter anyways. And they receive the letter. They have to then call NEC themselves. And they probably get bounced around like their customer service line to get the answer. Like GamePro's not anyone special. They're not getting hotline to anyone of importance. They're just right. calling the line, you know? So, <laughs> so they have to do that shit. Then they get the answer, they edit it, they write it down, whatever, they type it out. They print this letter with the answer in this issue of the magazine. The dude has been waiting 
I don't know how long. When did he send the letter? Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> to go to the newsstand and buy the issue and just luck into having had it printed and answered for him. And that's how he gets the answer of whether or not he should buy these fucking U.S. games. It'd be told no on top of that. So he, what probably happened is he's like, fuck it, and just bought them anyways, and they didn't work. Because <laughs> 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 it took too fucking long. So I don't know, man. It's just it's a fucking insane amount of human caloric consumption necessary for something that takes – you know, seconds of finger movement now. Just uh, crazy. That. This was, <laughs> I don't know, man. This this mailbag, to not be very large, is just very fun to me. There was that. I mean, there was so much fantasy star. I'm like, man, I need some experience. But for me, <laughs> for me, the best was, and the debate continues. Like, all the people, like, some people wanting more Atari. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, yeah. Right. And yeah. then the, the absolute best, absolute best dude is from what's his name darren beam from baytown yeah. Texas. <laughs> right, yeah. the one First, I you shouldn't put atari in your magazine atari <laughs> is the past he also don't forget he, he he please request that they talk more about the sega genesis which you know <laughs> yeah. which isn't technically a complaint but whatever you know I, I do support it go genesis you know <laughs> yeah yeah i read it yeah the second i read it i was like i, I was like i had to post it because i was like you know that to me this is this is also shots fired at you jay <laughs> i'm like hey i want to be included too okay <laughs> yeah. i have an atari yeah can you imagine like as a kid you read that you know and like you have this like developed opinion of this toy that you rely on and enjoy you know because it is all you have and then you get this magazine and you read this letter and, and it's just this stranger you don't know that is just shitting <laughs> can you just imagine like you don't have anyone to talk to about that your parents aren't going to care like you know like maybe you got a friend you can mention it to but they'll probably just make fun of you for having the atari because they have something else <laughs> so you're not going to say anything to them you know yeah it's uh, thankfully i was self-aware enough to to know that yep atari is the past i want i want that more nintendo and genesis 2 <laughs> but uh, on, on the flip side of that johnny matavio in brooklyn new york rushes to you and atari's rescue in the last letter and they he's requesting more info on the 7800 because his friends and he agree it beats nintendo out any day so see uh, i i appreciate you johnny uh <laughs> I don't know if I'm following that last that last sentence beating yeah. it beating a Nintendo every day. I think you know that's the. I think I, hundred percent, made similar comments when I had my Atari seventy eight hundred and I was yeah, trying to feel great good about you it. Sit there with kids and argue with them and the fucking yeah. good shit. Like, no, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> like, well, this version is better, so I'm mean, dragging on seventy eight hundred is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <sighs> oh. I do love that they always, you know, they always hedge when they print these strong or uh, defiling opinions of, of, of a system or something. You know, they always put like the counter argument to not, you know, I don't know, to not diminish the uh, manufacturer's incentive to buy advertising, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Yeah, that's funny. So after that, we have a one banger for Capcom's Willow. And though we touched on it, uh, like on the game and the IP actually at length previously, I believe this is a new ad and I do dig it quite a bit. The headline is prepare for a wicked fantasy, which is solid. Mm -hmm. And Capcom is waving their dick around at the, <laughs> at the end of the pitch copy with. So prepare yourself for the only action fantasy with wicked graphics and playability. So it's the only one. Do you got that, Jay? 
It is the only oh. option for those two things. Wicked graphics and playability. You're only going to find that in Willow. <laughs> quite the claim, Capcom. Quite the claim. I don't, I don't know if there is enough strategy guide documentation out there to support it like I'd prefer, but if we could drag it up, I still think there might be a side quest potential in that game. I, really mm. I think there's enough there. TBD. TBD. After that is a two-page Jalico spread, and this is for their basketball joint, Hoops, and it's that ad campaign we like and have seen for their baseball and soccer games already where the sport is being played in the living room in front of their TV, and this one is also cool. The game is a little meh, unfortunately. We've talked about that, too, but the ad is awesome. And the cutting edge feature comes next, and it's two pages of unadulterated dog shit trying to jam the power glove and you force down our throats for Christmas. And I would like to, right now, right here, right now, Jay, I would like to make a pod pact, if, if you uh, would be so kind as to oblige me. We have talked about these at length many times over. The marketing campaigns have been relentless for the last year of our mag timeline, and both these products are total pieces of fucking shit. I would, <laughs> I would like to motion that we never speak of these shit eaters ever again. We just skip right over them, anything about them, and pretend that they are not even there. <laughs> I would second that motion. Okay. I saw this and I was like, is this the exact same ad we've seen multiple times? Like, did they change up the copy? It's always the power glove combined with the u-force and then they toss in something else like no hard pass man they're both equally as shitty and don't work and they actually they followed up with a one-page ad for the u-force too to like really hammer home their dog shit it's like (laughs) it's like like, you get hit in the face with some dog shit and you're like still picking it out of your face and like the second you get enough out of the one eye to be able to see wham another (laughs) (laughs) there's something in here that i wrote down and i'm like where was that they ended up punching, slapping the U-Force. Like, that was hilarious to me because this was like, this wasn't like exactly a review. It was more of like a promo, but like one of the tips in it is like, be careful because we ended up punching and slapping the U-Force all the time. And I'm oh, like, I didn't, I didn't see that. That's, that's fucking so great. funny. I'm like, what in that? Just give me a console controller, man. Enough with the peripherals. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that. I must, I, I must have. I, I, I remember studying to read that thing, and then I had my. I, I, I wrote down that whole tirade. I just uh, <laughs> blistered off there, <laughs> and, and I must have stopped before I got to that part. Unfortunately, all right. Not, now today. that I've said that, no more U Force Power Glove. We're done. Deal. Deal. Pass. Approved. <laughs> their retrospective feature constitutes the next two pages, and it is on FCI Space Shmup Zanek, and this is a definitely a solid. Like, for this era and genre, uh, it's not my bag, but it's a pretty solid game for being... I mean, it's an old-as-fuck game. Yeah. And funny, I mean, it's probably... FCI is one of... They have nothing but dog shit games. It's probably one of their better titles, even though it is (laughs) one of their earliest, which is not how most of these developers work uh, in in a devolving way like that. And the the crazy, sexy two-banger for the Sega Genesis we've seen... uh, We've been seeing, actually, the past few months, and and these Mm -hmm. are last few issues, rather... Is, is next, and it makes a bunch of Genesis games eligible for our Game Up Convo. That makes me happy, because uh, I think the first time we saw it, maybe we have seen it the second time where this wasn't the case, but the first time we saw it, I was like, we should wait. For what? For, for some for some reason or another, where all those games didn't become eligible, we put it off, but I think now at this point that we played an Ultra Beast game, or we played a Genesis game by their Ultra Beast, that they are all game and live now, which is great. Yep. 
So after that, we get four pages of the Francis Mile Brainchild comic, The Adventures of Game Pro. And this one is chapter four, Visions of Earth. And if the previous installments had chapter numbers and titles, I don't recall it. So that's kind of a, a fun little thing to demonstrate that it's going to be ongoing and it's taking hold, I guess, that they consider it to have. And in this one, Alex has a near-death experience before our boy Francis leaves us on a, on a cliffhanger teasing Castlevania in the next installment. So, mm. yeah, they have definitely adopted, I guess, permanently. I, I, think, I think the last issue was the first time we saw it, and I, didn't, I did, wasn't sure if it had legs or not. But this one was, was this Blaster Master? Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, so, so they're doing that. Howard Nestor thing where each one is going to involve clearly from like a license perspective, like the placement of an actual video game in it. So, Oh yeah. Castlevania is a cool one. I like that. And I think the picture that they cliffhang with it is pretty good too. Pretty cool. Yep. Entertaining as always. I enjoyed the, enjoyed the comic. Yep. More than Howard Nestor. Four. <laughs> For sure. And after that, we get a two-pager from the self-proclaimed title holder, Sunsoft. Take on the titles that will blow you away is the headline. And there are five NES games featured. Fester's Quest, Platoon, Blaster Master, Batman, Spy Hunter. And we've seen the photo they use here, but I believe they packed it into a single page previously to this. So it's kind of, you can kind of see a little bit more what's going on with this kid. And in and, and the end, and the little blurb they have for Blaster Master refers to it as a subterranean monster piece as opposed to masterpiece. And do you like, do you like what they did there, Jay? Do you like that? I do like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pun person, but I, I kind of like it. <laughs> it works. It works for the for that topic. Yeah, no doubt. And the only one of these things we haven't dealt with yet is Batman, and that's because it's not out till February. But it is supported in 3D Sin. The, really? Yeah, the 3D emulator. So I peeked ahead, and it is fucking cool, as one might expect. <laughs> Coming to you live in February. Get ready. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I own the cart. The game's fucking great. So, yeah, <laughs> so I'm fired up for it. Superstars of Wrestling theme from WWF WrestleMania on the NES, bringing us in here. And I, I downloading that song before we got on here, I, I laughed out loud when it came on. <laughs> I don't know. So like something uh, late 80s, early 90s, WWF is just a hysterical, I don't know, concept. <laughs> I was a huge WWF fan during oh, that. So, yeah. Oh, so that like cool? later on, yeah, you know, once I got later teens like i kind of fell off but yeah at, around this time i'm I'm all in <laughs> yep, i was i was into it through kind of like the i had royal which i part of my childhood reclamation project i have reacquired and it's not nearly as fun without a six button controller like that's has like i need to get the joystick six button it's kind of unplayable without it but royal rumble on the genesis is oh royal yeah. rumble was a great game yep yep Fucking so good, Razor Ramon. Fucking oh my god! Yes, he was so good in that game. I played him often, man. Yep, the Razor's Edge is a dope ass special move. But uh, (laughs) he, I told you, I've met him, right? What? Yeah, I don't Uh, don't know. We talked about this. I don't remember this. Oh my god, we I I went to Slam Dance in 
2015, which is kind of like Sundance's uh, Little Red-Headed Stepchild mm. film festival that happens at the same time. It was founded by some guys who literally, the story goes, they got thrown out of a Sundance party in the late 70s, I think it was, and or early 80s or something like that. And literally standing outside in the cold after being thrown out, they decided to start their own film festival, like in the middle of the Sundance film festival. And they started screening their movie in the, like at, at some venue on a little main street there. I don't know if you've been to park city or not, but, and then the next year they were actually, they, they just, they were screening theirs and uh, some other filmmakers. And that's kind of how the slam dance film festival started. So anyways, it's, it's a pretty good film festival. Now it's, you know, 20 years later and, and, and does pretty well, but the, I was there for body, a, a film that I helped produce and Shawnee uh, and I went out, my buddy Shawnee and we, it just happened to be the case, the movie, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. What? Yeah, it's a documentary that I highly recommend. It's, it's really good, actually. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, Jake the Snake and Scott, whatever his name is, Scott Stapp, maybe? No, that's the fucking Creed guy. Scott something. Scott Hall, I believe his name is. Mm. is Razor Ramon. And he is a pretty good friend of, of Jake the Snake's, I guess, and has a pretty bad uh, substance. They both do actually have the substance problems and the a lot kind of like the, the b story of the documentary is scott steps scott stabs scott hall's kind of battle with alcoholism and, and painkillers maybe so he's in it and the two of them were actually there for the premiere of that documentary at the festival so i got to go to it and shawnee like shawnee is a massive fucking wwf fan and he had no idea that was happening so he got there he was so excited to have have (laughs) scott to have scott's call scott hall sign a fucking poster for him he was so happy (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah so we we both got to meet him there it was pretty cool hey we're all just grown-up kids man we got (laughs) yeah for sure so yeah i was into it then too but yeah that's, that's a great selection so uh, back to the GamePro magazine. The It is ProView time, and starting with the big swinging dick Nintendo Entertainment System first, and the first game they give us from that is two pages on the Namco Tengen title Rolling Thunder, which is a side-view action game we first saw back in October, and they call it a top Nintendo title for the holiday season, which, due to the fact it sucks, would be a Fuck. very, very sad state of affairs for Christmas 89. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it were not a bold-faced lie, they had to be paid to disseminate. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Because we tested this out, and it was definitely not the top of anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, it's not... Uh, not not a hot they always i don't know uh, like i don't even know they do it here but i feel like the word hot is used for everything at this time and it is definitely not a hot title (laughs) that was a popular word back then if there was a girl oh she's so hot like you know what i mean like i just felt like that was the yeah but that like that seems like a fine like that can still be used today like that's i think that's a timeless application of the word but like hot for like a product is like a and and like not even like again if you're like using it in casual conversation with a friend that's a different thing I think than an advertising campaign leaning on that word you know what I mean as like the the, yeah. the bold the bold face title of it you know and like that's how that's how it was used at the time uh, rampantly you know um, over analysis like everything I talk about we <laughs> we get one page on Milton Bradley's Jordan versus Bird next and Milton Bradley that's who I think of when I think of hot sports titles on the NES. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bradley, I thought you were going to tell me some like shoots and ladders, like one of those. <laughs> right, exactly. Some sort of board game. Uh, not, you know, it's funny. I don't, no, that's Parker Brothers. Never mind. I was going to say, like, they, I don't feel like they have any 
board game conversions, even though they have all those properties. But I don't, I don't, I have not researched that for sure. Nothing comes to mind though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to look into that now because I, I have a lot of board games like digitally and I'm like, I don't know if any of them are Milton Bradley. Well, they, I mean, I'm sure they have like computer, ver- you know, there's no, there's electronic I mean, on, the, on the Xbox though. Like oh. it's clearly not like your monopoly, but in those type of games. But I don't remember which games they made that were popular enough that could have been converted, you know? Yeah. I, don't know. I feel I like they made everything. Now I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look over. I have quite a few games, too. And I'm not seeing Life. I think Life might be Milton Bradley. I don't know. What? Yeah. Uh, they definitely have some properties that I'm, su- I'm surprised they weren't more focused on than fucking Jordan versus Bird. Anyways, <laughs> this entire write-up is little more than how to cheese a poorly made basketball game, if you read through it. Bird makes most every open shot he takes, so just run around and shoot threes is what they tell you to do with him. And then in the case of Jordan, he can blow by Bird for a dunk every time, so just do that. you know. So, <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't know. This sounds like a very not fun thing. <laughs> you know? Like, do you want to be Jordan easily make buckets and try to play defense on bird or you don't want to do you want to run around and try to avoid him and just shoot threes like well they, the best offensive tip they give is to tell you they tell you to just like it's like a glitch you can trap the other guy in the corner <laughs> and, they can't, and they can't get out and that that's their best defensive tip yeah i don't know i will qualify this criticism by saying that most sports games at the nes level did not have the nuance to be any more than this really but i would say others at least like still find a way to be a tier of fun that this game doesn't really come near. You know what I mean? Yep. Was, isn't it's, it's not even close to real football, but they found a way to like implement the idea of football in a fun way that makes you want to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think they do that here with this game. After that is a two banger on David Crane and Gary Kitchen's absolute entertainment collaboration for the NES. A boy and his blob trouble on blabonia blob, 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 blobonia. and it's still not yet and doesn't hit till january which frustratingly is explained in that batteries not included interview i did with gary and i'll drop the link to that in the show notes if you want to know hear that story uh they 100 wanted and intended to get this out for christmas which is why it is in here and i think it was in nintendo power last issue as well so yeah they like 100 had the the target and the plan of getting out as like a big christmas release of theirs and Mm -hmm. Because of all the bullshit that Nintendo, the the rigmarole, what's that word? Rigmarole? Yeah, (laughs) that that Nintendo would put third party licensees through at the time. They ended up not getting it out till January, which I'm sure just emotionally and fiscally crushed them. (laughs) Sure, man. Working on the other side now, seeing how budgets are made, like with the holiday period being huge, man, they probably got screwed. Yep. And an ad breaks this pro view up from fucking LJN about their interactive lineup of NES games. And I don't even understand the ad. It's got a headline that says The Wild Bunch and has the back of four black and white people cutouts in front of an old black and white TV. And I feel like this is probably an allusion to some television property or something that I don't know or is too is before my time, which begs the question considering how old I am and how age appropriate I was for this magazine why they chose something that I wouldn't have ranked true to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? This is so weird. Cause these titles are titles that I was interested in. You know, I'm like, Oh, X-Men. Yeah. Back to future. Cool. So I'm like, 
were they targeting parents like older somehow older parents thinking that you would be drawn to yeah. this ad and these yeah. properties but the whole why, why would they be the ones read this magazine you know i don't know you know right i don't know yeah i don't know man the games are all licensed titles back to the future who framed roger rabbit nfl football x-men and a nightmare on elm street and we have seen and talked about all of them except a nightmare on elm street uh, already so i fired that one up and talked to that a little bit the did you fuck with it at all time out time out time out. <laughs> yeah. first of all to answer your question directly absolutely not josh this was the worst one of the worst games as a kid i absolutely hated it i would I said I would never touch it again, and I will never touch it again. So, no, I did not play Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely not. That's how I feel about that game as a kid. Well, I had I had never fucked with it. And I remember hearing about it because, uh, you know, I think the most notable thing about this game is the fact that it is up to four players simultaneous couch co-op, which, you know, not many, like a lot of those four-player games for the NES were like sports titles or... I don't know, like Gauntlet 2 is one, I guess. That's kind of like an action kind of game a little bit. But, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a arcade conversion that's, I don't know, more straightforward, I feel, than this is. Like So so I felt it was a, it's a little out there for this kind of game to have a four-player co-op deal going on with it. And so I thought that was interesting. And when I fired up, I mean, the title screen pixel art is fucking fabulous with Freddy. Like, you know, which I guess, you know, they did that. It's LJN, and they don't make good games but they do market really well and they like the idea of getting the title screen of the underlying licensed property that they are making a shitty game about is like very much in their wheelhouse so that that was not surprising but it was still commendable and that it was really really good looking i posted that on the socials of course and i don't know man as i played it for a while like <laughs> dude like i don't know man i don't know how i feel about it like i definitely need a manual read to play it right i think like i couldn't figure out i don't know how much you remember about it if it's just like this really apocalyptic terrible memory maybe maybe not <laughs> but the like i couldn't figure out how to enter the buildings and shit on elm street which is kind of like where the, the that i guess it's the first stage is set like I, I wasn't sure if i was playing like i mean there were enemies and shit so i don't think it was just like a stage select mm -hmm. environment you know i think it was a real stage but I think I was supposed to go into one of those buildings, but I could not figure out how to get into any of the buildings. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I wasn't doing something right, I don't think. But the the controls, like, I didn't think the controls were too bad, considering what, what the game is, like, the kind of game, like, I, you know, I expected, I don't know, like, just the absolute most dog shit everything, you know? <laughs> so, like, it was a little better than that, control-wise. Uh, it, it I would say it does have a bit of a stock license action platformer feel to it in the enemies and shit like the the grunt enemy in the first stage is snakes which is maybe the laziest enemy choice of all video <laughs> game is history you know what i mean like snakes like why they're not snakes and fucking uh what's the name of that town oh, i don't even remember now spring spring i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's been so long it could be it might be that might be right yeah so i mean it's some sort of like i think it's a town in ohio i'm pretty sure yeah because i believe what's her fuck west craven i think he's from ohio if i recall correctly I so i think surprised. yeah yeah, so I, I'm almost certain that the Nightmare on Elm Street is set in a, some town in Ohio. But, anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know the details. I will just I'll put it. It was one of those games where it was like hard to figure out, hard to understand. It wasn't fun. It didn't. It didn't really seem like Nightmare on Elm Street the way I would thought. It just everything about it was just like an absolute no to me. And, and maybe I'm sure part of that. Maybe I didn't have the strategy manual. You know, as as 
or the instruction manual as usual, but man, I just such negative feelings toward this game. <laughs> you know, like it, it gets it. It is a game that is kind of in that bubble. Of, first of all, it's LGN, so just inherently, it's a game that's probably going to get shit on, you know, just because of that other developer. So there's that. It's mm-hmm. a like a, a very, very, very popular licensed property. So again, that just lends itself to the expectation of shit, you know, so there's just a lot of things working against it, but there have been games like that. Like jaws is one. I think that I kind of like jaws. I think jaws is actually a pretty good game and I don't think it deserves the negative connotation that it gets, at least to the degree that it gets it. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's so walking into these kind of games because of that. And I kind of like Friday the 13th too. So like same thing, you know, same developer, same kind of deal. And it's not nearly as bad as people say it is. And so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't walk into it with a totally closed off mind to it being worth playing, but I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out enough to tell if I liked it or not. Yeah. After that, we get another full page ad. What the fuck? Another full page ad. Yeah. <clears throat> another full page ad follows the blob pro view. And this is a, another Chemco Seika ditty for rescue the embassy mission on NES. And this and the Shadowgate ads are the first time I've seen their marketing shit, but I think I dig their stuff, dude. Like, this is also a cool ad, just like the Shadowgate one, you know? Yeah, I, I had no choice but to fire it up because of this. I was like, what is this game? Yeah, I, 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 I think because it, it's not out yet. It doesn't come out till January. And uh, I think, yeah, there was, I think there was like a, a video short or something on it in the last Nintendo Power, maybe. And I actually, I was, I was talking it up dude this is a fucking good game this is a really really good game actually super fucking fun and way more depth to it for the kind of game it is than you normally ever see on the nes you know see that tells me exactly the power of marketing and this ad because hearing you say that i immediately remember you talking about it but when we saw it in nintendo power i was turned off by what they showed and i was like no nah, i'm not interested at all but this ad and how they explained it i immediately fired it up. <laughs> yeah, I would play this more. So yeah. 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 Marketing's a hell of a drug. This is this is this yeah, it's it's so it's yeah, the 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 ad itself is it's a kid in, in late eighties neon gear that's super poorly photoshopped into a, <laughs> a very cool illustration of I guess like a special ops team infiltrating a skyscraper from a helicopter, which is very much in line with what the subject matter of the game is. And uh well you know it's without the kid of course. <laughs> kids in it for sure but yeah it's it's fucking it's, it's not until january but I, you know we'll we'll table it and talk about it more and then but it's it's i think an impressive as hell title for for the nes you know by nes standards yep and next up after that is two pages on cybernoid on the nes which is developed by a company called gremlin graphics software limited <laughs> and and published by acclaim and that's a fucking great company name but i've never heard of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it it looked like a space shmup, so I was not excited about that. The the copy mentions a weapon called the genocide missile, which is at least a little fucked up. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that, that me intrigued. I was very intrigued. <laughs> I'm listening, but that seems heavier than you get in an NES game usually. <laughs> but yeah, I fired it up. It is a space shooter, and it is a one hit death one to boot. But it's still kind of interesting, dude. Did you fuck with this? Yeah, I this was not fun to me. I, I fired it up. Yeah, I was annoyed by the one death hit. But then I I don't know. This just seemed like a. It was simple, seemingly simple, but just 
I don't know. It just wasn't fun to me. I was playing, moving around and flying. I was just like, I, I, I don't know. It's not, ca- not capture me. So Okay. It is one hit death, but they give you a plethora of lives and you just respawn where you died on the demise. So they're like, they kind of embrace that aspect of it and, and they compensate for it by, I mean, I, I think I want to say it was like nine lives or something I had on, on the counter. Yeah. yeah. So they expect you're going to die and they kind of just build that into the way the game works. And you know, it's not overly punitive, which that's the part of that kind of thing that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if you die and nothing back to the beginning of the stage, that fucking blows on one hit. But yeah, it's like the so the, the flight mechanics are it's not really a flight space shooter. It's it's more like a lunar lander kind yeah. of deal, you know. So mm-hmm. that, you know, that of course is is not entirely undone, but it is a little certainly more unique than just a flying space map, you know. And it's not really it doesn't scroll either. Like you you dictate pace and you can move to another screen in any direction that allows for it. So it's it's kind of like a one screen at a time thing. And each screen is kind of a you know, it's it's like a little mini real time puzzle is kind of what every uh, is kind of the vibe I got of the game. So you're like, there is a little bit of you know precision movement action going on. It's not entirely just like solve a puzzle like Adventures of Lolo or something. But and Adventures yeah. of Lolo actually has a little bit of an action component too. But you know, I don't know. Just it was it was. I, I'm not saying like you know I only played a few screens and I was like fuck this. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna sit and spend a whole bunch of time on it. But it was unique enough that I was certainly compared to the expectation <laughs> you know where i was like oh well you know i i would give this some time if, if uh there was a reason to do so you know what i mean hmm. so yeah it wasn't totally totally shut off to it the last nes pro view is a two banger on kim koseka's shadowgate aka my shit and the artwork for this is stellar the gargoyle in the uh that's on the the box key art is slightly reimagined here by the game pro artists and that's fucking awesome and I like the copy they wrap this baby up with. Shadowgate requires you to think before you hack. Hmm. Brains, memory, and cunning will conquer this castle, not brawn. That's good. Yeah. That's good, Jay. <laughs> I, I like it, but then it just it kind of reminded me, you know, that this is really a computer game that they ported to NES. You know, use your NES controller like an Apple Mac. Apple Macintosh mouse as you point and click your way through the dark. And I was like, eh. Yeah, man. that's not, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't, I, you know, if I were, if I were the one making creative decisions for marketing this, that game, I would not use that as a pitch angle for sure. That doesn't sound good, yeah. but I don't think, especially, you know, now, yes, like you, like I said, it, that's one of the, that's why I think that's one of the bigger hurdles to enjoying it now is this, you know, just like we talked about earlier, we just moved so far past how you have to interface with that UI that, uh, you know, it, it's 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 tough, and you have to accept that uh, concession to really get into it. But at the time, you would have been much more open to it because nothing like this had ever been on the system. You you know, the idea that it was just so new and so immersive and so cool and so different, yada yada yada, that you know, you, it was much easier to get over that hump uh, and enjoy the game. I think at the time, so. If you can, yeah. if you can experience it or, or approach it rather from that mindset, I think that you can get past that stuff. But yeah, it's definitely not a good marketing pitch. For sure. <laughs> it certainly sucks too. It's a pain in the ass. But great game. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They drizzle in two pages of Sega ProView next, and by Sega they mean Sega Master System in this case. And the games are Dynamite Dukes, 
which is the crazy-ass side-scrolling action game with the Howard the Duck-like protagonist and heavy weaponry we talked about a few episodes back and even considered for a game app. And with the Genesis out, it's a big ask to revert to SMS shit for a game app, but this is without a doubt the leading title for doing so in my book. You know, so mm. I, that, I'm interested. It's, it's surprising you say that. I, I did play it a little more. You know, still okay. Not great, but I actually... You know, I was actually able to continue where I left off on my the last time I played it. So I was like, oh, okay, this is still kind of kind of fun. I could, you know, yeah, I could, but yeah, it's, in the same way I was cute. like, yeah, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. And so the next one is the next Sega preview, I mean, is brutal negligence by GamePro in multiple ways. So <laughs> flipping through the mag, you might think to yourself, Weird that they are bouncing back and forth between SMS and NES titles in the ProView section. Usually it's just one system in its entirety at a time, then on to the next. This one, titled Scramble Spirit here in the mag, is labeled as a Nintendo game in the top left corner. And it, and on top of that, the game is actually Scramble Spirits, plural, for the Master System. So in two ways, they have kind of they've had, they've had a typo oversight here or, or a negli- negligent oversight here. And so, yeah, it's the wrong name, mislabeled as NES, and this is not the first time they've, they've labeled SMS games as Nintendo titles. I believe it was Game Pro Issue 1 that they've labeled all the SMS games as NES. So, <laughs> you know, they just, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, you fucking, you know. It's like, it's like <laughs> the SMS has a hard enough time, you know, right? <laughs> like, you know, keeping up, you know. And fucking Game Pro here is just like, ah, we don't give a fuck about SMS. <laughs> right. Like, what, what is the system for? Ah, it's got to be Nintendo. Just assume yeah. it's for Nintendo. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, but I was, I was like, you know, because I like uh, these games come up. I haven't experienced them. So like, I type them into Mobi and like I'm trying to find them and shit. And I'm like, look at this. This is not NES. And like, you know, even again with the misspelled title too, it makes it even more difficult to track down. I was like, fuck, what the fuck, man? I'm like, oh my God, they shit on SMS again. <laughs> yeah, savages. Yeah. But I mean, this was, at least in my opinion, this was a kind of fun fly- flyer. Like I'm hoping there's more to it, but like I played through. Oh, you played pretty much one, you play this one. I, well, you know what? I'm not going to criticize it because it's SMS, and I get the idea. Like let's just give them some. Let's try. Let's give them a fucking. Let's try them. You know what I mean? So I get the mentality. <laughs> but like the fact that you overlooked Sky Shark earlier and didn't play that, but played this one. Like I don't know. Well, like, this I, reminds me of kind of like the Zevious kind of flyer. I, I don't know, but it, I can't. I can't explain it. Maybe the copy got to me. Earth has been attacked by aliens. Strange powerful weaponry. I don't know. For whatever reason, <laughs> for whatever reason, I fired it up and I actually enjoyed it. I don't know, you know, because you you pick up power ups and you know you get better weapons and things like that as you fly around, which is I don't even know what you call that, but it's just kind of something I've always enjoyed when it comes to these games. So I'm gonna probably play them as long as it's not like just your. It's something about like a war thing. Normally, if it's like a war. Like a more real game, I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe not. But like something like this, where you're flying around shooting aliens. Like, yeah, okay, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I did not clock the sci-fi component of it. I, I thought it was just a purely World War II era shmup. So nah, <laughs> I, did, I, I, I miscalculated in that regard. But yeah, I, I did fire it up, but I, it looked, it felt to me like just a shit flying World War II era shmup. So I, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I thought to myself, it's probably one thousand percent justified. They clearly didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought about that. But. The two banger on that weird SMS pirate game we also already BS'd about recently, Captain Silver. And after that, we have some organically seeded paid product placement <laughs> up next. And it is for, count them four pages on Universal's hot new movie, it's called The Wizard. 
and AKA one of the greatest video game movies of all time. They uh, the the remember the game podcast just did a, a whole like hour and a half episode on on this movie. If you if you if you want to immerse yourself in a pod about pod coverage about this that is not our own, <laughs> I would enjoy that. Thanks for telling me, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> And the first page is some pretty lit pixel-inspired artwork we haven't seen in all the propaganda we've been exposed to in the last few months of mags, and I like it a great deal. It's fucking pretty dope-looking. And the second page is also well done. It's film strips with actual film screenshots or screenshots from the film on them and Mm -hmm. some synopsis copy. And the third page is the primary key art poster for the film. Most have seen this, so that's not necessarily new. The fourth page is an order form for various merch offerings emblazoned with the film's logo. So there's shirts, poster, watch, enameled pin, ball cap, sticker pack, lunch box, sports bottle, fanny pack. And these are all of the most stock swag shit you could you could choose to plaster a logo on. It's like there's just no effort to make it, I don't know, product specific in their choices here. Except for, and I do approve of a great deal and want, the arcade change case hold case holder you know, <laughs> to, to put my barcade tokens in like that that is that is that is on brand and a good choice and i want one i had one i remember i had one as a kid a chuck e cheese one dude a chuck e cheese really? branded one and it has a little belt loop it was red and it's just like yeah you know just a little column like a straight little deal with its spring-loaded little thing at the bottom of it and you could you would just push man you could it would hold them it would push them up to the top so you could just like you know with your thumb quickly slide the top one off <laughs> and stuff it in, so like, in the chuck e cheese machine so yeah i don't know that's probably what i'm channeling there and wanting that is it's trying to bring <laughs> that but I, i'm sure i could actually find that on ebay i should look it up and order it <laughs> got a lot of opportunities to keep your uh your arcade change in order. yeah yeah although i, I worry like the, i feel like the barcade tokens because like the Chuck E. Cheese one, like Chuck E. Cheese tokens. This is crazy. I remember this. The I remember the Chuck E. Cheese tokens enough because like I, in my you know I was such a just an anal retentive little collecting kid. The uh, I didn't I I had kept a few tokens from Chuck E. Cheese. Like for, like you know I'm sure there's no way that I didn't want to spend them, but it was more important to me to collect them than to spend the last couple whatever time that I was there and I'm sure I got the 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 change holder from tickets you know from games so like I'd gotten the thing I'd gotten the change holder or the the token holder and I decided I wanted to keep a few tokens so I I always had a few tokens with it at home with me you know so like I can remember those you know very well and they were bigger than like the Aladdin's castle tokens I remember I don't know if if, I don't know if you said yeah the Aladdin's castle tokens were much smaller so like the shitty part about it is Every one of these barcades that I would I would use this thing in, like a total nerd, probably has a different sized token. You know what I mean? Then, mm-hmm. if they have tokens at all, I guess a lot of the barcades don't even have tokens. But the ones that do, you know, it wouldn't be the right size. So, you know, that kind of kills that plan. I guess that's my long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, go check that flick out in the theater near you if you want the wizard. And that is followed by logically and surely as a as a joint buy ad with Mattel, a two-page Power Glove ad with the headline, everything else is child's play. And fuck you, Mattel, you owe me 80 bucks. Uh, I'm, gonna write them, I'm, I'm actually going to write them an angry letter, dude, and I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> I'm going to send Mattel an angry letter demanding my 80 bucks back from 1989. <laughs> when I do it, when I write it and send it off, I'll, of course, scan it and post it to our socials for fun. But I, I am 1,000% going to write that letter. <laughs> 
Uh, next is a full pager for what I'm fairly certain are unlicensed NES titles from a company called Color Dreams. And I think did you, you picked a song from one of them, I think, didn't you? No, Culture Brain is the. No. Uh, anyways, so yeah, this, so there's there's a NES title from a company called Color Dreams, and I'd never heard of the company or the game titles. They are all very very vanilla video game name words. <laughs> could, like they could easily have been randomly generated from a, like a video game name database, you know, like words like raid, captain, crystal. <laughs> yeah, and the I don't know if you looked at any of these games, dude. They all have just I mean pretty atrocious aggregate film critic reviews or not film but but critic reviews on moby except for the one crystal mines and this also happened to be the only one i had the rom for in that library that we have so i did fire it up and did you fuck with these so yeah let let, let me tell you my my quick experience with these Josh. Okay. <laughs> very memorable you, these so you're telling me you fucked with more than one of them i i, I will and i'll tell you why so <laughs> So I'm looking at this art and I'm like, whoa, Dream Pack, are these wolves? Like, all right, let me let me pick one and try. Yeah, the it. artwork is cool. I almost used yeah. the artwork in our in the key art for the episode. I almost cut yeah, yeah. The the, the artwork is cool, I agree. Very yeah, original. Yeah, cool. if you like any kind of sci-fi, you're like, okay, what is this? So of course, for whatever reason, I tried baby baby boomer first. Maybe that's because that that was the one I had. I don't know. Dude, it was I I'm trying to upload clips of this. <laughs> it is like it feels like i'm playing an atari like the worst kind of atari game you're controlling a baby right i saw screenshots for yeah it. dude it's yeah. it is just i can't even explain it that's why i wanted to put clips up but like my kids are that's, talking to that, background. that's probably the most original of them like the they all look like i said they all just have this incredible stock no effort to story feel dude, like but, the one called baby boomer where you're controlling a baby is actually a somewhat unique idea. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. You're not controlling the baby. The baby, <laughs> the baby is crawling across the screen, and the screen is nothing but light blue and dark blue bars from top to bottom. And the baby is just, like, crawling across them. And random little enemies are popping up, and you got to shoot them with, like, a crosshairs to keep the baby safe. And I was like... <laughs> This is the most Atari game. Yeah, that is so okay. So I immediately decided. Oh, I'm so glad this you is did. so terrible. <laughs> any more of these games, but yeah, definitely upload that clip, dude. Definitely. Upload yeah. that. <laughs> so I was I wasn't going to try any more, but Crystal Mines. It sounded familiar to me for some reason, so I said, you know, oh, let me... because it's using those words that are in yeah, those words exactly. So I, I guess dude. maybe its own marketing tactic. Really, if you think about it, but oh I yeah. Guess. <laughs> but, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. It was so terrible. It also made me feel like I was playing like a 1980 Atari game. Like it just seemed so far back that I was like, nope, not playing any more of these. Sorry, Color Dreams. Yeah, that's why you're probably not a company today. Yeah, Crystal Mines felt like a really terrible Adventures of Lolo clone to me. You know, so bad. The kind of like that single screen puzzler type thing, but looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. Fuck these games and this company. <laughs> sure. Um, why you know you know i don't know maybe they didn't even try to get the games licensed they didn't want to pay for that or whatever so i'm not going to say that nintendo told them to go fuck themselves but i like to think to myself that nintendo looked at these and was like nah man <laughs> no, you're not gonna try it's no fuck off <laughs> looking at these again as we're talking through this i don't see the nintendo seal of quality on these no they're not they're, yeah they're, that's what i'm saying they're unlicensed they're not yeah i'm not joking uh, about that yeah they're unlicensed uh, and yet it's like uh same deal with with tengen yeah, you know, I'm sure they they probably were. I don't know. They probably actually 
I, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but Tengen had that lawsuit. That probably had ran its course, like literally had just happened, and this company was like, ooh, Tengen won, and just like, let's make some dog shit. <laughs> After that is some Atari 7800 ProView action, and this is a single page, or rather, these are single page installments for the titles Crystal Castles. There again, just those exact words. <laughs> And Double Dragon, broken, yeah. up, broken up by an ad for that oddball NES Acclaim deal we just saw, Cybernoid. And who cares about Crystal Castles, but this Double Dragon port uh, does not look good, Jay, so it changed my mind. Dude, <laughs> I had this exact edition of this exact game for the 7800, and I absolutely loved it. This game was awesome. Like, the screenshots, I remember exactly being in those rooms. Like, I remember what you had to do to get around some of these things. Like... They're showing Marion, like, hanging from the wall over there. Like, I remember that scene. Like, I know this was not quite as good, clearly, as the NES version. But for me, as a kid who didn't have a Nintendo yet, but I had the 7800, this game was super fun. Like, it, the job it, done, huh? <laughs> it was a blast, man, I'm telling you. Like, for an Atari game, top notch. Okay, okay. I won't shit on your stuff, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still Atari. We know that, okay. but it's... Let you have your moment. Give me a moment. It's the past, Jay. That's the past, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Acclaim's wireless NES controller, and that is bridging us into the one and only TurboGrafx-16 ProView. And this is a pinball game called Alien Crush that I believe was mentioned on the cover. And you know, like I said, I downloaded that emulator, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna at least stop and take a look at these as we go past, even if we don't talk about them in depth. But in the case of this one, man. I, it's uh, this dude. This is a fucking awesome, awesome, awesome pinball game, man. Like really? the, the yeah, the table pictured it, it just the picture. I mean, even like it looked awesome. So I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I gotta check this out. And yeah, it's indeed very alien. So it fits the title. But yeah, so you know, you fire. I fired up the music select menu at the start. Made me smile. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so you you start the game. You hit start and it pops up and you have to like chew kind of like Doctor Mario where you like have to cho- you have to choose music. The music that you're gonna listen to while you play oh and the two options it presents to you are lunar eclipse and demons undulate which is obviously demons undulate is what i'm choosing there and it's fucking great and the music is fucking really good at it too so uh yeah playing the game man it's like it's so smooth the table looks incredible like fucking awesome and like very interactive a lot of cool shit going on that's of course very alien and you know and, uh, like every alien thing then it has a little bit of an hr geiger feel to it and yeah, I mean, the, the, the flipper control is very responsive. The ball physics, the movement physics are all really fucking good. And the the, the story ProView explains that the, 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 the tables are inside the, the story, if you want to call that, of a pinball game. The story in this case is it's the inside of an alien's body, and you're playing to destroy it from the inside. And that is kind of like life force, you know, the, the life force idea where you're like you're playing the game, the inside of the alien, trying to kill it from the inside. And that's just, a, you know, a, a cool implementation of trying to give a pinball game some narrative substance, you know, I guess. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, dude, I, I fucking absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm like I'm half tempted to call an audible on our NES Sega only rules and argue this into a game app, dude. Like it was that good of a pinball what? for a pinball game. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's great. Is- Quite a statement. It was super fucking fun, and yeah, and I don't even know. I like, got yeah, I'm not. I, I did not get far enough on that idea to like really think about how we could really get a game app out of a pinball game. But just as far as like, do I want to sit down and play this game for a while? Like th- this was yeah, a thousand percent. 
Like really, really fucking good. Okay. Okay. Yep. And they break up the two-page feature on this with the tried and true one-page ad for the TurboGrafx-16 itself. So we have seen that before. I think it's a cool ad. Kind of. It's very. It's not quite the same as the Genesis, but it has a similar feel to it. I think. Kind of like that extreme in-your-face deal. You know, trying to be the antithesis of maybe what Nintendo is perceived as. And we get that bizarre Hudson Soft controller ad again before our only Genesis Pro view. And this is two pages on Last Battle. And this is one of the launch titles that hit with Altered Beast on that fateful August 14th in 1989, where all these games kind of came out along with the system. And side-scrolling post-apocalyptic beat-em-up is what this shit is. And it is not good. <laughs> Josh, we, we might have to have a discussion, man. I, I actually very much enjoyed playing this game. Really? Large sprites, solid graphics. Like, I, I, you know, I only played a level and a half of it, but I actually enjoyed it. If you, if you finished a level, that's that's its own testament. Maybe yeah. I'm misremembering that. Maybe, maybe I didn't play it. Maybe, you know, it's possible is that I that this game was on the SMS, and I'm thinking of that. That's possible. But I thought I had fucked with it. Yeah, this I mean the sprites here are bigger than sprites in almost every game we've played, you know, pretty much every game we played that I can remember. So it yeah, I mean of course it's side scrolling fighting. Bigger than Altered Beast? <laughs> bigger than Altered Beast, man. Really? Interesting. Slightly bigger than Altered Beast. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, I would play, so I would play this a little more. to have huge sprites like that. Yeah. Like arcade style. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll talk about it uh, and maybe take another look at it. Like I said, maybe I'm misremembering, but yeah, I thought I had fucked with it and I wasn't a fan. But I think honestly, more important than anything about that game specifically, how in the fuck is this the only Genesis game featured in the Christmas issue of this magazine? Explain that to me. <laughs> like, like it's the best, most cutting edge by a mile video game console on the fucking planet at the time. Like, how mm-hmm. did Sega fuck this up this badly? <laughs> you know, like. Right? What in the fuck? Like, it's just, it's astonishing. It's genuinely astonishing that they, I don't know. Like, they clearly, they paid to put their ad in here. It's not like, it's not like Genesis, or rather GamePro is, is just some bullshit flying under the radar that, you know, they didn't even bother to piss around with because it was so small. Like, if you can make that argument, fine. But they're aware enough of this magazine to want to put the ad in it. So how are you letting only one game be featured? With And there's two fucking SMS games. Right. It's, what the fuck? <laughs> you know. Well, I, I feel like Sega didn't know their strategy at this time. You know, because we just read that that last uh, news Sega team newsletter, right? And even though they talked about, hey, Genesis yeah. is the future, they still gave us like a pr- a pr- preview of five SMS games, and I was like, yeah, wait, yeah. why? No, yeah, no, I, yeah, that that is the problem. But I'm just like, I, it just I, I cannot. No matter how many times I see it and have it re-cemented i just i just can't believe that someone can fuck like it's just so common sense to me to not to do the other thing you know what i mean like i just can't believe that a paid group of professionals if that's what you call them uh, concocted this or enacted this plan you know what i mean it's just crazy as fuck to me (laughs) especially with the the sega genesis ad that we saw earlier like we know that there's other games out like that they could have been precisely yeah absolutely you know and, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and that ad is good too. And like, they, I don't know, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a, I don't know, it, 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 it supports the idea that there was just so much inner, you know, discrepancy in how to approach anything from a marketing standpoint. And, and like, you know, Sega of Japan is stepping on Sega of America and yeah. 
all that all the bullshit we know, that we know to be the case with that like it just it just holds so true in in practice you know what i mean oh yeah Ugh, fucking unbelievable, though. A, a couple of Game Boy Pro views wrap these, this section up, and it's Super Mario Land and Revenge of the Gator. So, you know, I mean, I think we've already talked about Super Mario Land enough, and everyone kind of knows what it is, and I don't think we got to even touch on that. Not to mention Game Boy is not really within our scope here, but Revenge of the Gator, because neither one of us knew what the fuck it was, and because I just, you know, hyped up that other pinball game, I thought it worth mentioning that Revenge of the Gator is an amphibiously themed pinball game for Game Boy. And, you know, it... The control, it's Game Boy, so the controls and the physics are probably not quite as great. But it looks pretty, like, the the, the actual theming is pretty fucking cool. Look at, you know, the the whole, yeah. the, the, the gator aspect, it looks kind of cool and well done, you know, and, and original, I guess. So. Yeah, if I had my Game Boy, you know, that might be a fun mess around. Right. But... Yeah, and, like, you know, the, the Game Boy especially is, is so perfect for... That kind of just like, yeah, fuck around thing, like the Tetris idea, like where it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you pick it up and fuck with it for a few minutes and pinball is so inherently geared towards that or for that. I'm surprised I wasn't aware of it at all at the time. But after that, an FCI ad with a couple of space-themed shooter shit-eaters, Seacross, Seacross and Magmax on NES are last up in Act 2 of the Mag. And both these games suck, like everything FCI puts out, except for that one game we mentioned earlier. So I don't really want to talk about these unless you do. Yeah, well, when you start the ad out with, based on a true story, <laughs> from the year 2342, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. I don't know. I, I, I actually, I, didn't, I don't even notice that. that. You know, it's so ridiculous that I actually kind of like that. It makes you <laughs> at, least, at least it makes you think with so many of these ads, especially for the shitty games by shitty companies, don't even, you know don't even generate any effort of like engagement uh, or any, any actual engagement with them. So, you know, I didn't notice it. So they did a bad job of presenting it, but you know, <laughs> you notice it. So one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. Very, very simple flying eight bit shooters, but both of them, as I've said, are Atari level, Atari level at this point. So moving on for sure. I tried, I tried Mag Max because I see yep. cross. We've seen a million times. So I'd like, yeah, Mag Max was shit. I hated it. Moving on. The action was blazing in Zelda. The adventure was a blast with Link. Now experience Guardian Legend. Guardian Legend. The most action-packed adventure of all time. Killer crabs, mutant lobsters, secret passages, spectacular transformations, shooting cyclops, deadly jaws, exploding anemones, devious traps, unlimited firepower, a large choice of weapons, and more action than you ever thought possible. Guardian Legend. For your Nintendo Entertainment System. That was a 1989 Guardian Legend NES commercial, the most action-packed adventure of all time. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> and I, I, I clocked in there that there are different play modes than just the flying shooter that at least I thought it was. I don't know if you, what you had gleaned yet about this game, but it's kind of yet another testament to why Todd, the Nintendo Power Counselor, likes this game so much, I think, because of the varied gameplay. You know, it looked fucking, honestly, that commercial looked really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I watched that commercial and I was like, wait a minute, do I need to fire this up? Have we talked about this? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was, I mean, it's, we've said it, we, we talked about it a bunch, how, like, you know, we, I think we expected that it would just be another space shooter. And it kept coming, it keeps coming up in those, those game counselor profiles as being like either their favorite game or their high score or da 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 da. So, you know, I think I, I think at some point you kind of just got like the the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> it's it's got to be a good game, I think. You know. Yeah. I, I also like how they mentioned at the top of there. They mentioned like 
Zelda, like, you know, it's, it's basically grouped with, I mean, that, you know, just champion AAA title, uh, Zelda and Adventure Link there, you know, they, it's like the next installment of that caliber of game. So that's, you know, granted, that's just marketing from Nintendo directly, but I don't know, you know, that's, that's pretty they're still saying something. Yeah. They're not, you wouldn't think they would taint something that had been so good to them monetarily with something that actually wasn't great too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, uh, you know, put your money where your mouth is kind of situation. So getting back to the magazine, the SWAT hot tips is next. And, you know, these are always just kind of a smattering of different little, little fucking things. Most of them, not that interesting. I think the, the, the one I would probably most want to talk about or the one that jumped out to me most first was a continue code for an ultra release ultra release of Qbert on the NES that we haven't yet seen. I have not, I don't can't recall. I haven't seen Qbert yet, which is, it's a, it's a fucking timeless arcade game. That's been ported onto pretty much every system ever. And dude, I fucking love Qbert. Are you hip to Qbert at all? Really? I, I messed around with it a little bit, but not too much. Like oh, not, it, not the NES, but it's yeah. Unfortunately this, even though it's ultra and, which is Konami Show Corporation, and they're a solid publisher. This port absolutely blows for sure. Oh, I mean, I, I think I played it, you know, way back when, like, because there's an Atari port, obviously, and like, so I I never played it once I got to. I think the Atari twenty. I have the Atari twenty six hundred cart, dude. I think the Atari twenty six hundred port is better than this because the biggest problem with it, like, you have to play with the joystick. You have to because of the the diagonal axis that the game operates on. You know, being mm-hmm. that isometric pyramid deal that you you traverse in the yeah. game if you have a d-pad that only has up down left right eh, that doesn't really work and it, it does it the, this the nes port of it does allow you kind of like marble madness they try to they try to compensate marble madness but it works better in marble madness for some reason or another but you know you can you can tweak the control set so you know down means diagonal down right and and so all the way back around all the way around the d-pad but it, it's it's too it just doesn't work i don't know it doesn't like i, I mean I, maybe if you got really used to it you could make it work in your mind but because you're hitting down and down has always meant down in every nintendo game you've ever played like, like just you can't you cannot program yourself to think down means down and to the right it just doesn't work <laughs> so like yeah just like it, it I, I couldn't get into it uh this this part of it but generally speaking the arcade game is fucking fantastic like Anytime I see this game in an arcade, like it's, it, it's, I'm playing it before I leave the fucking place. You know what I mean? Hmm. There was like a Cuber cartoon. Cuber was huge way back. Was there a Cuber cartoon? I did not know that. Oh yeah, I, I definitely remember seeing the Cuber guy like moving around on like Saturday morning cartoon situation. Like maybe short lived. Maybe it was like part of a, an ensemble video game show. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I think yeah. I was gonna say I think it was. I want I want to say that was in some sort of fucking. Yeah, some sort of ensemble deal where they just had a bunch of IPs jammed together for sure. Yeah. But I did, I mean, looking at these SWAT tips, man, not a lot of them jumped out to me, but for some reason, Adventure Island, like it, not the tip itself, but the fact that it kept coming up and I just, I had never tried it. And so I picked it up to just mess around and it was different than I expected. Have you played that game? Yes. I I, I could swear we've talked about that because it's, dude, that's, uh, that's the Sega game. It's a, it's it's fucking. It's not Adventure Island. It's called something else on Sega. Uh, one, not Wonder Boy. I don't know. It's one one of their 
big it's like they're one of it's Sega's franchise. And I always thought it was I never knew that it was that that was the case. And I, I learned early early on in these fucking mags that like the idea that this kind of like proprietary Sega concept was poured over by Hudson Soft. Really? Interesting to me, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know. I don't I can't I don't like it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that the Sega one is better for sure. I can't remember again, I can't remember what the fuck the name of it is offhand, but I thought yeah. the Sega one was better. It's too you can't control that fucker with the skateboard shit. It's like too it's fucking mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sega it's like an Alex Kid type of game or something. And I was like, what am I doing here? It just I, I, it was one of those games I've seen the ad so many times. I was like, let me just mess around with it and see what it's like. So yeah, no, it's it's definitely I mean it's it's Hudson Soft's poster boy for sure. Yeah. Uh, there was another game in here that we hadn't seen, and you actually chose music from it, so might as well mention it, and that is Culture Brain's Flying Dragon on the NES, and it hit in August, and the first thing you see when you fire it up is text on a black card that reads, Hairu no Ken is the ultimate kung fu stance that gives the impression of a flying dragon, <laughs> and just the sentence the ultimate kung fu stance is fucking great. <laughs> you made me very happy. And definitely social social that one up. Uh, the game itself, though, is an action platformer beat-em-up kind of deal, side-scrolling thing. And kind of like Karate Kid, and not just because it's fucking karate or martial art-based, but you got to hit up on the D-pad to jump, which is always fucking suck city in this kind of a game, I think. Yeah, this was this was so weird because obviously we'll get to it in a couple pages, but there's a big ad on it, and so yeah. it was like super real kung fu game. So I was like, yeah, let me let me try this super real kung fu game. Man, it super real as in the 1970s like kung fu masters who could jump super high. So that was yeah. cool, but otherwise, mm, nah. Yeah. It seemed like a lesser version of like the kung fu games we've played since. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it. I thought it looked okay. The like the the aesthetic of it wasn't bad, but the gameplay was. Yeah, they pepper in a couple full pages for SNK's POW and ISOH alum Bionic Commando from Capcom, and we've talked about both at uh, quite a bit, so we don't need to do so again. I don't think. Wait a minute. Hold on, Josh. Hold the phone. I do not recall ever talking about Prisoners of War, but I played that, and that was quite a fun game to me. Like, it's not bad. We did talk about it. It was a uh, like a very. It was a very. What the fuck. There was, there was something really notable about it that we, we talked about, but I, I can't recall. So, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, tell me about well, t- tell me why it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can I say? I, I enjoy these types of games. You're moving around on the screen. You're fighting guys, picking up weapons. I believe it's co-op, too. I think you can co-op. Yeah, yeah escaping from war. Like I, I, I just like that. Something about this, I don't know, just the, the smaller compact sprite, sprites, but like the, the graphics were really good. And just, I don't know, it just kind of grabbed me as like a really fun fun game. Yeah, you kind of. I remember the playing that for. I play fucking around with it, playing the first stage. You like go into the huts and you can get shit in there and then come back out and like I don't think is it like a little bit of an added depth as opposed yep. to you know some of these games are kind of just you scroll like Bayou Bill you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and beating up beating up beating up you know so there was like a, a little bit of variance to it. Kind of had the the double dragon feel to it too. That's probably why you like it. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, where like first of all, it's a co-op thing, but there's also just kind of like you're picking up items and shit and using them briefly, you know, and like there, there was like a little bit of, uh, of a double dragon vibe to it for sure. Oh yeah. You're yeah. going to, you're going to get me when that's your, your play yeah. style. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, definitely not. Not, I mean, SNK period. There's SNK has, I think, all their games are about fucking war. <laughs> but, yeah, right? but usually, yeah, usually SNK titles aren't bad. There's that Iron Tank game is SNK isn't, isn't bad. There's what the fuck is the other one where it's like it was like a Commando ripoff, uh, Guerrilla War, I believe it's called. Mm. 
And we, we looked at that too a while back and it wasn't too bad. Albeit you know, kind of a tired concept, like a top down scrolling soldier deal. Yeah. But definitely not bad. The next shit is reader tips and Ken Kelseka, who I've been crushing on pretty hard in this issue already has some shit we haven't talked about yet in Bugs Bunny's crazy castle on the NES in here. And did you diddle with it at all? I did not. I couldn't find the port actually, but uh, yeah, I think Bunny surprised me. So I was like, yeah, it's Bugs Bunny. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't miss much. It's a, it's a side, I guess it's a side view action puzzler. You know, maybe is the best, mm-hmm. best way to describe it. Like you do have action components and you're like, they're enemies. And like the first level, all the enemies are, are, are were these green colored uh, Sylvester, the cats, which <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think of them as Bugs Bunny's adversary. So I thought that was an interesting choice. But yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. I think you're like <clears throat> trying to walk around and get carrots or something. And like you can pick up, you don't really have an attack most of the time. You're just evading shit. Mm-hmm. And you pick up these uh, boxing gloves that are like in very limited supply. They kind of almost in the same way that the, the cooking spray or the bug spray, whatever the fuck that is in burger time, you know, where like you only, you have have like an incredibly limited number of offensive opportunities. You know what I mean? Like that you're only supposed to use when you're in a bind basically. And, and the rest of the time you're just trying to evade. And this kind of like, there's all these doors that you like, you're trying to, you can go in the door and quickly port to another place on the, on the screen, or it's actually like a few screens wide, the play area for the first level. So I don't know. It was a little fucking different E, I guess, you know, definitely not a total dumpster fire and not quite just your, you know, stock license action platformer scrolling left to right, but it's was not far from either. And, and, and definitely not something I would want to spend any great length of time on. Yeah. As expected. Yep. That is the only interesting and or new shit in here though, for reader tips. And after that, we get a full pager for that flying dragon game before we get ask the pros and adventure adventures of Lolo on NES and ISOH alum Rastan on SMS here, uh, though nothing new. And uh, maybe the only thing I would want to mention here is that the Rastan letter is from an Ohio boy, Jason Carl. Of, yeah. of the dirty natty. After that, we get a full page of acclaimed TV license fodder for the NES uh, next, and this is Night Driver and Airwolf. And we talked quite a bit about Night Rider and all its awesomeness already. The the show, not the game, anyways. I don't think the game was out yet, so I think we kind of like very briefly touched on the game. But I do not believe we have talked about Airwolf yet, and. Do you remember Airwolf at all? Just the the IP, the TV IP. I mean, no, I remember that logo and like I remember this artwork. Like I remember all that, but I don't remember the show, anything else about it. I just remember it was out there. But it, again, you know, war, flying war. That wasn't really my genre. So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, man. So this did Airwolf was a show that did three seasons on CBS from '84 to '86, and. It was essentially about a badass helicopter, and that is not, of course, terribly unlike Knight Rider being about a badass car, really, you know, with just kind of a, a good-looking dude that happens to hang out with it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Wait, uh, did the air, wait, was it sentient like Knight Rider? It was not sentient, no. It did not, okay. no. It, it, was not it did not talk. I don't, I don't think so, anyways. That, didn't seem like, that would be cool. I'm surprised I didn't know about it. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was like ultra badass, you know, level, like, you know, not you know, almost like stealth technology type helicopter shit, which stealth talked about stealth tech was like the next big thing back then. So 
Yeah, so it had me thinking because of that those similarities, it had me thinking like this had to be the same people behind the creation of it, right? So I started I Googling around doing some fucking research and Donald P. Belisaro is the creator and he did not create Knight Rider, shockingly to me. He hmm. is a wonderkind on the 80s television front, though. He also created Magnum P.I. and he created Quantum Leap, which those Whoa. are fucking, yeah, heavy, heavy hitters for sure. Quantum Leap in particular, dude. Like I used to come home. It was already it was one of the syndication already. I wasn't watching like the primetime fucking mm. initial airings of it. Uh, there wasn't really any network shows that I, I watched uh, back then that, you know, I was catching it. You had to be in bed, of course, you know, so <laughs> they're at that time for your parents to watch them after you're in bed. So, you know, I didn't watch them on the first run, but Quantum Leap was a show, dude. Like I had I was in this program. I might have mentioned it before in ninth grade where I got out early and could work half the school day mm-hmm. uh, at some shitty, I was a, a bad groceries at a fucking grocery store. I was like 14 years old. And it was like a program at school where you get out and, and could work half the day. And there would be a period of time where I could go home and hang out before I had to go to work. So I used to go home, I would get like a fucking sandwich, a sandwich from this deli in town that I would get. And I would go home and eat and watch quantum leap before I went to work. <laughs> Like in ninth grade, dude. Like every day, I watch Quantum Leap. Dude, I, I've seen damn near every Quantum Leap, and they are. It's such a good show, dude. Scott Pakula, who is the, he is the quarterback from one of my favorite childhood movies, dude. Unnecessary Roughness. Yes. Oh, so good, dude. First of all, Kathy Ireland's in it, and she was my, I had her calendar every year. <laughs> She's the kicker of the movie, and yeah, dude. I mean, the cast for that is incredible. Sinbad's in that. Fucking. Uh, yeah, Scott Bakula is the quarterback. It's got uh, Robert Loggia is one of is I think the defensive coordinator or one of the coaches or something like the, the, just the cast of that so fucking good and so much fun. Oh yeah, both properties that I loved. I I feel like I would have. You were talking about Quantum Leap, and my first thought was, man, I should like patch my mom into this episode as a special guest to talk about all the times we've watched Quantum Leap. Like, <laughs> I was just like, Dude, I think it's it's on it. I just, I, I, it's like one of those things that like you see it and you're like, Oh, you know, I should watch that. I'll probably never do it. But like I've, it's on Hulu or some shit. I've seen the fucking art for it. I'm like, I would sit and watch that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Such a good show. Great show. Dude. I, I would like, like it was, it was so cool to me how like, you know, each the, like the cliffhanger, it was like, it was a, you know, it was a narrative through line show. It was not like a standalone each episode is its own thing. It was like a, you know, a, a continuous story, which, you know, you, you didn't always get with those shows too. And, and like at the end of every episode, he would, it would show him in the new, cause like, you know, the whole concept of the show, if God forbid, you don't remember it is like, he would, he would jumped through time and space into other people's bodies. So the, you know, he would, he would have to like solve a problem in their lives. And then that would allow him to, then transport to the next person with the idea that eventually he would get back to his real life, you know, his actual yeah. personal life. And he had that. What's the, what the, what else was that guy in the, his, his like, his like guide or whatever that guy, that, that's like a, a character actor that's in a lot of shit. And there's something really specific that I can't think of that I like him in, but whatever he's, he's got that sidekick that kind of like guides him through how to navigate the situation that he's in, you know? And then at the end of the episode, he will then go to the next person and, you know, it would, you know, he would just be like, it was so cool. He would like, it, they had the little fucking on screen graphic, the blue lines or whatever that like demonstrated him transforming or, or, or transporting. And then he would just be in a situation as another human being. Like that's the only reason you, only way you knew it was Scott Bakula's character is because of that 
porting shit, you know? And then yeah. when, oh no, no, it was him, sorry, but then he would always look in a mirror before the end of that cliffhanger part and you would see who he was, you know what I mean? And that was just, it's such a cool like reveal thing and like, okay, what's the next episode going to be about? It was very, very cool. Well done show. Uh, so yeah, so the as far as Airwolf goes, <laughs> it has uh, not Quantum Leap. It has a really badass intro theme song. That song is a full 60 seconds, but it's just what you heard for another 40. So I didn't feel the need to keep it going for more than 20 seconds, but <laughs> to the video will be in the show notes. And the show starred Jan Michael Vincent, who is described on IMDb, uh, his IMDb bio as virile, handsome, and square-jawed youthful star of the 70s and 80s, showed early potential at superstardom. Jan Michael Vincent originally made a name for himself portraying rebellious young men bucking the system. That's a hell of a bio, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he actually unfortunately passed last year at age 74, so he is no longer with us. But he was very much in the, you know, as that description insinuates, in the in the vein of, of a David Hasselhoff, you know. And uh, like very flowing 80s hair for sure and all that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure my dad used to watch this fucking show, dude. Like, I remember, I can remember that fucking song playing in the living room, you know, and me not particularly caring about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fire the game up? Not at all, man. Not at all. It's got that really hot music track in chiptune mode on the title screen, smartly. Nice looking window dressing setting up the story after that. Like I, I feel like the the mission title card being like it, so it's <laughs> the mission title card at the beginning of this first stage is on it's on dot matrix auto feed printer paper. So if you don't know if that doesn't immediately paint a picture in your mind, it's like the the paper with the little strips with the holes you rip off the edges. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's like what they they print the, your your mission on, you know, and it's like sitting on this this wooden desk, and I don't know, it's just a it's a good way to do that, and kind of a a, a cool little nostalgia thing. They they peek with that, and they also have some cutscenes with a the close up of the guy on the TV show Key Art with an eye patch, <laughs> <laughs> like just very you know he's like he he's kind of like the also kind of just like the the handler. He's like the I don't know, the boss guy back at the base, you know, that gives the gives Jan Michael Vincent's character in the helicopter like info and intel and shit, you know, uh, and it, he probably probably used to be. I don't remember the show, but, he, you know, be, he probably used to be the pilot, but now he has the eye patch, so he can't. <laughs> you know, like, I was just providing guidance to the. Right, yeah, exactly. That's probably his whole fucking his backstory. But he's played by Alex Cord, who I'm guessing. uh yeah, he, he he's he's doling out the mission briefing, and the the gameplay itself is pretty boring and, and, and an ugly flight sim. Though unfortunately, it reminded me a lot of Top Gun on the mm -hmm. NES. You know, just kind yeah. of like an empty sky. Every now and again, out of nowhere, perspective, a, a plane or a missile comes flying at you. You know, and you got to fucking shoot it up. It's not didn't seem really too very 
which is very in line with the claims deal, kind of focusing entirely on the underlying IP, license IP and not really at all on the game itself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Short Pro Shops comes after that, and that is their quick hit deal uh, on a bunch of recent and coming soon releases. And kind of just, I think, blow through a lot of these we've seen. Some of them we haven't, though. For NES, we got NES Rider, Three Stooges, Baby Boomer, Black Bass, Rescue, the Embassy Mission, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and Clash at Demon Head. And of things we have not really talked about at length because uh, they weren't out yet. Black Bass is the fishing game we did talk about, and I had a whole tangent about <laughs> fishing as a kid and shit. That we, we, wow. But their little copy blurb for it here was notable to me. It says, A group of editors from Fishing Magazine, Black Bass fishing enthusiasts, and computer engineers worked together for six years to, to develop this project, which seems like a really long time to be working on a fucking NES fishing game. <laughs> but... I don't know. It's far from a perfect game, but I think playing it, you can absolutely see like the attention that was paid to trying to paint in realism in the simulation aspects or of the simulation aspects of fishing, you know, in the game. There's like a, you know, they have the, <clears throat> there's like a side view depth. You have like the depth thing that, that boats have that tell you like the fish finder, basically they have that whole electronic device that you have access to. There's all the different lures you can get in the game. You know, there's just a lot of attention paid to like actually fishing as opposed to just, I don't know, kind of the action that a fishing game might provide for you, you know? Okay. Uh, but you gotta be in the fishing for sure. It's not that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the only one I other really would want to talk about here is the rescue embassy mission and then clash of demon head, but they're not out yet. So Yeah. You mean on the Nintendo side, right? Or you included yeah, Sega yeah. as well? Yeah. The three titles for SMS are Spellcaster, Walter Payton Football, and Wanted. And the latter two have been covered, but Spellcaster is new. And the blurb says there's two game modes, Action and Adventure. And Moby Games calls it a Metroidvania. So I don't know, those are all interesting things to me. And I did fire it up. Did you fire it up? Yeah, I, I played it for a little bit. It's... There's a lot going on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had an interesting beginning. It could be kind of fun, but it's slow moving. So I, it, it would require more time, I guess. Right. Yeah, the, the action sequences are like a side-scrolling action platforming deal. And I didn't think they were bad. They were, they were okay. Uh, you know, controls are always my first concern in, in, in games like that. And it didn't shit the bed entirely there. So the stuff in between those sequences is kind of like a window is window detective work. Now, honestly, it, it made me think of Shadowgate, <laughs> or uh, maybe a, because of the action component of it, maybe a better cross reference would be the cabin sequences in Friday the Thirteenth. You know, where you like you you move from cabin to cabin, and you, then when you go into the cabins, and whether you deal with Jason or you're just saving kids or you're switching counselors or you're looking for items, it's like this very this windowed kind of much more. I don't know. It's a very different play style. Yeah, Let's usually see those two things combined. Goonies two is another instance where that happens, but yeah. So I yeah, played it for a while, and I got like to the first, through the first action sequence, and to the next thing, and like had to go back to the temple or some shit. And then the 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 guru mentor type character taught me a spell called password <laughs> that he described as lets you rise from the dead. Uh, 
which is, I think, kind of a fun way to do having a password system that you're like taught it right at the beginning of the game. I thought that too. That's I think that's where I stopped. I got there and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And exactly. yeah, unique. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly curious. That's how that's how I felt about it walking away. So yeah, interesting. Um and uh, yeah, I hadn't uh we hadn't seen that. So that's a, a very late stage SMS release, I guess. And then getting into Genesis, there are three more for that. And they we re- revisit Arnold Palmer Golf and Super Hang On, but we do have one noob in here, and it's a big one at that. The Revenge of Shinobi hitting just in time for Christmas. And this is the sequel to the SMS franchise founder and or SMS release franchise founder. And it's a game that it's very much in the same wheelhouse as Altered Beast for me, like the way mm-hmm. I think about it or or remember it, I guess, in the sense that it represents kind of it's almost like a poster boy of the pre-Sonic era of the, the Genesis lifespan you know it's like it's similar because it pre honestly less about them and more about me like it basically predates my getting hip to genesis and for some reason i never really went back to those early games when i did get hip to it you know so they all kind of exist in the same just like untapped resource universe (laughs) to me you know um so yeah that's kind of how i think about them and so they, they have significance in that regard and I had never really fucked with this game uh, to any degree, despite knowing that it is kind of one of the early stage like hits, you know, for for the system. So I definitely fired it up. Did you play it? I did not. I couldn't find the the port for it, but I I wasn't too concerned. But what did you think? Oh man, dude. Okay, so this yeah, so it's a two D side view action platformer with ninja options, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, man, dude, this is a fucking game, man. This is a game for sure yeah the 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 control like that you know that first one on sms despite even being a tent pole for that like i did it, i didn't really get i didn't like it too much it's just like those again we've kind of talked about those those games where they try to get into the like where you were describing like the bigger sprites and the more arcadey stuff they just it, the sms just couldn't quite do it as, as great as the graphics were for the 8-bit you know era it just mm-hmm. could not do those eight things the same way and effectively so that's why rastan kind of worked a little bit because they kind of they understood their limitations and downsized it to, to fit on that system as far as the graphic performance expectations go. But so, yeah, so the, in this case, though, you know, the Genesis fucking can do it for sure. And yeah, dude, this it's fucking great. man. the controls are great. The aesthetic of the game is great. Uh, it has kind of this. It has a, like a high low battle mechanic to it that reminded me a lot of the that aspect of Zelda 2 where you, where you have the sword play battles with those knights, you know, where they have the shield that they can go up and down with. And oh, yeah. You know, like you, it's it 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 makes for uh, like by this era of gaming standard, like a very very battle mechanic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that you can't. It, you, there's no usually when you interact with enemies on the eight and sixteen bit games. Like it's they have a very defined movement pattern. They have a very defined way in which you can approach them, and it's a, you know it's usually just a one one tier approach. Uh, but with with the battle shit in this. Like, you don't, it doesn't work that way. Like, you know, it, it, the enemies almost kind of respond, you know, might be a little heavy to say it's like AIE, but there is enough variance in the swordplay battles, uh, or rather the the, the, the um, battle mechanics that it makes it interesting, you know, and, and much less fucking straightforward, which is good, I think. So, yeah, there's, there's just a, a shit ton of stuff going on 
uh, with with choosing your ninjutsu style from the pause menu. So you have a, a menu where you can choose these different types of ninjutsu fucking, I don't know, ones like lightning. And there, yeah, there's a few different things in there that you would absolutely have to read the manual to have any fucking idea how to, how to implement properly. But it looked interesting and just fiddling with them was fun. So if you really knew what you're doing, they'd probably be really fun. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think massive, massive potential here. And we might have to talk about this, bro. <laughs> okay. okay. I I've never really messed with Shinobi, you know, to, in, in my childhood brain, there was Shinobi and there was like Ninja Gaiden and I played Ninja Gaiden and never got into Shinobi, but I knew it was out there. So I'd be down. It's, I mean, dude, though, they're not even, not that there should be, uh, as far as the aesthetic jump from Nintendo to Genesis, you know, but, but so that's obvi- an obvious advantage that it has over Ninja Gaiden. Uh, yes. it, it also felt much less frustrating. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great game, but Ninja Gaiden make you want to fucking jump off the roof. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and granted, it's not like I play all the way through it. I'm, I'm sure there are parts of Shinobi that are frustrating too, but I didn't encounter them in the first level. It just had a and, and difficult. Like I died a couple. Of, it's not even like I blew through the first level. I died a couple of times trying to do it, but I was a thousand percent interested in trying again when I did. A good sign of a good game. And after that, we get a few Turbo Graphics games too. We get a sequel to Arcade Legend Galaga, and a a port of SMS Early Tentpole Fantasy Zone, if you recall that, and one of the CD titles for the system. The compact disc titles, or compact disc add-on titles, rather, Fighting fighting Street. And everybody knows what Galaga is. It's like that fucking, you know, flying fucking arcade game that's usually paired with Miss Pac-Man in, in arcades these days. And it's interesting that a big-time Sega title like Fantasies was ported to the system, you know? Um, and I guess we, you know, just talked about the Hudson Soft thing, but I don't even know. I'm not sure if that was a Sega proprietary thing or not. I don't know. Either way, it's significant to me that this isn't on NES, but is on this. Like, I feel like that kind of demonstrates that we know who's making that call. You know what I mean? That Sega's willing to port it, this, like, early, early flagship franchise for them. That was like this, the, the, your, your sprite in that game is the, their original mascot, that Opa Opa thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's one of their big, big properties. And the fact that they didn't bother or did not port it to NES, but did port it to this kind of feels to me that Nintendo didn't want to port it because it was like one of their, you know, they, they consider that a competitive advantage to not have it on their system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just didn't want it. They're like, nah, we're not even going towards Nintendo. Not even a, not a thought. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, you make that argument that it was a competitive choice on their behalf, too. But I don't know. Then why would they? Because, you know, the fucking TurboGrafx-16 is a direct competitor to their Genesis, you know, 16-bit. Uh, has a CD thing that they, you know, probably planned or thought about wanting to do down the road because they eventually did. So you would think that they would view that as a concern too you know if, if that was their reason behind porting games yeah it's an odd choice either way either way you look at it it's an odd, odd thing yeah anyways I, I don't think the cd-rom title ever actually made it out at least under that name fighting street because i couldn't find it on on moby or rom's download so i don't know maybe mm-hmm. it was turned into a different title or something but um after that, we get a bunch of full-page ads sprinkled throughout. Uh, 
yeah, sorry. <laughs> there are a bunch of full page ads sprinkled throughout this this segment that we were just talking about. The uh, their super dodgeball, which we've seen a million times. I guess I'd actually like to know their spend on that ad too, because that ad's been uh, used a lot as well. And there's an ad for River City Ransom, which I know you're excited about, but isn't out yet. So cool your jets, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> There is Taxan's Eight Eyes, and that's also not out yet. And there is also a pretty fucking cool Toys R Us one that we have not seen. And that is an ad where there is a Toys R Us branded delivery truck that is just tearing ass down the highway. And it's like going so fast and I guess maybe pulled out of the dock so quickly <laughs> that they didn't bother to close the door. Or the, the back fucking trailer door, rather. Because there are video game boxes flying everywhere out of the, out of the truck, you know. And there is a Jeffrey the Giraffe on the side of it. And I don't know. Everyone I see these, I just think to myself how much I fucking love Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's ads like this that helped reinforce that Toys R Us was the magical place as a kid to go. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have access to this as a kid, so it was more the television. Uh, yeah, just in general, their marketing, for sure. No, no question. No question. And that and just having access to the stores. Like, you know, because that, I, I, yeah, to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. That's a really hard thing to place whether or not I'd seen commercials or went to the store first as a kid. It's, you know, who the fuck knows. But they certainly, I guess they went hand in hand for sure, to say the least. But there was definitely a Toys R Us super close to me, and it's all I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, there is a full pager for Bandai's Dig Dug 2 bookending these, these full page ads here. And we have seen this before, but it is now out. So, fair warning, I'm going to railroad us into this game being game-epped at some point, bro. So, you know. Dig Dug 2? Yeah, prepare yourself for that. It, it, it's a relatively simplistic game, uh, at least on the, you know, being enough there for a game-ep scale, I mean. But if you're not familiar with it, but do know the first Dig Dug, and, and who doesn't, I'm sure you do, that, it, like, I think you'll find that it has a pretty fun and... and and, and nice new layer to it that makes it more interesting than the you know ultra basic old school arcade version. So it has like, well, even before that, I would say it has a great deal. I've already said this, but it has a great deal of sentimental value to me. On top of that, being the it was the last cart my mom got me before she kicked the bucket. So like, I hope that's not the reason or the primary reason that I hold it in such high regard. You know, uh, I'm sure it has some level, some layer in there, but. In addition to pumping enemies with your little gun mechanic that's in the first one, they add in this drill tool where, well, first of all, the gameplay mechanic is, is, is different in that you are, it's like a top-down view instead of the side thing that's going on in the first one. And so the perspective is top-down, and you have this drill that allows you to cut chunks of land. You're on islands, like all the stages are on these islands. And with your drill, you can sh like basically cut off parts of the island and kill a whole bunch of enemies at once, you know, that happen mm. to be on that part of the island. So you can basically bulk frag enemies by doing that. And what that really does is it incentivizes you to put yourself at risk to do, to, to make those, you know, higher point earning and just very satisfying from a mechanic perspective and, and kind of almost like real time puzzle perspective of killing all those enemies in one fell swoop, you know? So you, it incentivizes you to, take risks that you don't normally take when you're playing the first one where you're just trying to get to the next, you know, exact same flow chart of just pumping them full with the gun. You know what I mean? So 
super cool mechanic and really adds some variance to, you know, what originally was a very simple concept, I think. So I think it's a fucking really good game, I guess is my point. Yeah, I I picked this up and started playing it and messed around with it. Uh, it's a fun little game. It's a fun little game. I, I I wasn't sure quite what the goal was. I'm like, do I... Yeah, I'm like, I'm putting myself at risk and like chopping off these islands. I'm like, obviously I want to stay alive. Is the goal just to get rid of the bad guys? But I mean, I, I played several levels of it because it was fun. So I just wasn't sure if it was warranting a dedicated episode. But I definitely Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's like I said, it's it's even with that, it's a, it is a little lean. I'm 100% able to concede that. But it is fun enough that we would definitely enjoy it. And I think as far as like what we could talk about too, it would still probably be on the shorter side for game apps, which maybe that's not the worst thing compared to right. our fucking three hour epics on fucking some game that's on fucking monster party or whatever. But <laughs> you know, like maybe that would be good for us and the listeners. But yeah, I mean it's 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 fun enough that we would enjoy it. And I think we could kind of talk about especially if you play it enough, like it is it becomes th- that thing about the pursuit of the perfect run you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and it's like trying to get like to not have to use that gun is what you'll if you played enough that's what you'll start to feel the the urge to do trying to do everything by cutting off the fucking segments of the land because the way it works like basically you know there's there's the pre-drilled holes and the pre-drilled cracks even in some cases right so sometimes it's only one little thing you have to do and if you do it at the right time like where the enemies especially early on uh, because it's the beginning of the game and it's kind of like spoon feeding you how the how, how the mechanics work. You can like that first level, you can kill all the enemies in like two seconds if you do it right. You know what I mean? So like it's super satisfying to do that, you know, and finding the right way to do that in the most efficient manner in the shortest amount of time and in turn the most points is like a very, very. It's well, really well done, you know, not not all games that are based on points incentivize you enough to pursue that high score you know i think this game does a really good job of of pushing you to do that by by making it very satisfying because like you know when you like we, the way it works is you like whatever whatever the smaller part of the island that your drill cutting creates like like whatever part once you connect all the dots whatever part of the island is smaller is the part that falls off like you can cut off half the fucking island if you do it right down the middle you know what i mean so like the size of the landmass that disappears you have total control over you know what i mean but you have to be able to gauge that too so you got to be able to real-time gauge if it's close i mean not it's not often that you're cutting off half the island usually you're cutting off a much smaller part so it's very easy to see which part is going to fall into the thing but you know in cases where you do have to kind of real-time gauge that like that is that is a very difficult thing to do when you're being pursued by a million fucking enemies you know the later stages are of course total chaos so it's it's a really really challenging and fun game i think so that's how it works i was wondering because i was cutting off pieces of the item and i was like like i didn't die which is fine but i i was always on the verge of that and i was like i never know which part of the island's gonna fall when i cut that right yeah well that's the thing so yeah you, you know you, when you cut it you're on the line like you're standing yeah. on the pixel of the line so you have that moment where you have to hit the direction like your your character kind of like is like flo- almost floating for a second above the above the the water i guess and yeah you have to hit the direction that's not falling into the ocean <laughs> and if you don't do that you die while you're cutting so yeah you, even the act of cutting has its own like real, like super challenging little component to it that that's very interesting you know 
yeah, I dig that game a great deal. Um, I, I have that on OG hardware too, so I can play that on OG hardware, which I always love to do for game apps. Nice. So prepare yourself for that, I guess. Pro News Report up next, which is various gamer current events. And I like the third nugget in here. Who's playing video games is the headline. And (laughs) Konami conducted a survey, or a study, I guess, rather. It probably was via survey. That demonstrates parents play video games. And this was new information to human beings, I guess, at this time. It... The, the study estimated that as much as 44% of the primary game players are adults at this point by Christmas of 89. So, yeah. Nice. I, I found that like the most interesting bullet too. I was like, okay, they, they started to recognize that it's not just kids at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or this, the early. And yeah, I mean, they certainly, that's, you know, the whole thing. It's, it's a huge storyline that like the, this would, these were just toys uh, back then, you know, they weren't, they weren't a different thing yet. They were just a toy for kids. So come with the realization, not necessarily the case. And maybe there's some dough to be made here. The, <laughs> the, the, the last paragraph is also very relevant to this podcast, supposed subject matter. And it goes as such in late breaking news, Sega and Tonka have come to a parting of the ways. Rumor has it that game development for the SMS will move to Sega in San Francisco, consolidating all development, implying Genesis development is already happening there to one place. And I think that's hugely relevant for that kind of like big Kalinsky led shift that is on the horizon. And it's actually a little less than a year from this writing. So that happens in October of 1990. So we have 10 more months of fledgling Sega marketing efforts and, and disarray <laughs> to, to, right. to criticize. But um, I think this is like kind of the first step in the right direction, probably. You know what I mean? Because Tonka yeah. is doing a dog shit job. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, on the topic of, yes, them just being toys, like that's exactly it. They hired Tonka, a toy company, to market their fucking video game system, which is not the same thing. There you go. <laughs> you, know what, you, know what, you know what else is interesting, man? Like, I know those kind of two things were the most interesting I found in here. But did you see the weird thing? So... <laughs> Earlier, they're talking about Nintendo. I'll just read here. Nintendo announced plans to jointly develop a home trading system for financial services with Fidelity. It looks like NES owners can look forward to checking out their portfolios between rounds of Double Dragon. Oh, man. Yeah, I did not talk that, but I I can't. I think I have seen something like that in one of these magazines before. And I can't believe I didn't talk that in here because that is certainly something we both should talk about. Yeah, dude, that's. Can you imagine that? Like trusting. You know, like that's so. Does, does it say you can actually trade? Does it say you're actually gonna be able to trade? No, that that's. I mean, it said a a jointly develop to jointly develop a home trading system. So I guess trading they were. System. Yeah, so actually making trades. Can you imagine trusting your Nintendo Entertainment System to trade even the most minuscule <laughs> of of fucking actual real money? <laughs> Absolutely not. Thanks. I get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, you know, I, I've told you before, like, yeah, I had like the personal organizer fucking Game Boy cart and shit. Like, I mean, that, you know, the, uh, the, even if I wouldn't have had the money to physically do with, I would have 1000% wanted the thing just to be able to, I don't know, look at it or fucking look at stuff. I don't even know, you know, like, what you fucking Wall Street kid will get to eventually as an NES title. Like, I fucking love that, even though it was dog shit game, but like, just the whole real world you know simulation aspect of it that that's always been appealing to me you know even when i didn't have anything that warranted <laughs> you know remember, uh i don't know um populating these these applications i still wanted them you know yeah 
Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that never came to fruition, but we should do some research. I want to know. Right? Sure. I'm like, wait, it's not something we know about, so I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> it died along, on a cutting room floor somewhere. Yeah. You think. I probably just, uh, did some market research and people said exactly what we just said. Like, you think I'm going to let real money of mine move around through that thing? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> toy now. Yeah. No fucking chance, dude. <laughs> Cool idea, though. Way to go. <laughs> Next couple pages are a full pager for Acclaim's WrestleMania, featuring a kid they call Chris the Crusher Johnson, telling a story of how he wrestled Macho Man and won, and then a very streamlined and less crazy version of that Ultimate Game Club ad I vehemently ridicule every single Game Pro issue. <laughs> it's being weaned down to a, a much more sane thing, <laughs> less about the club and more just about by the games, you know? Yeah. Then comes a pretty fun full-page ad for Acclaim LCD handhelds, which I had forgotten about until I saw this. And that ain't stuff on page. <laughs> we, we've talked about Tiger Electronics. We've talked about the Konami ones. But I forgot that Acclaim did these, too. And the, the headline for this ad is Hot Hands. There it is again, hot. And Feel the Heat is the ending tagline, so they, they think these are so lit. And the titles available in the ad are 1943, Ring King, WrestleMania, Wizards and Warriors, Knight Rider. And those are not, some of them are, but not all of them are acclaimed shits. 1943 is Capcom and Ring King is Data East. So to me, that demonstrates they don't give a fuck. They'll license anyone's shit and put them on these, you know, shitty ass <laughs> LCD handhelds, uh, which again, we already talked about, very in line with the claims value system. So pretty sure I had the WrestleMania andor Ring King ones, but they were always, it was always in that like pre. I'm super into video games all the time. And I got my Game Boy period where I was just like, yeah, these are fun because I traveled a lot with my parents, but I really wish I was playing my Nintendo or a Game Boy or something. <laughs> right. right yeah. yeah, I think I've mentioned before I had the I, I didn't have any of these. I didn't have the Konami ones. I feel like I had a friend who had the Ninja Turtles Konami one that I, I fucked with a little bit. But the only ones I had of any of these were I had a pinball Tiger Electronics one, blue, orange buttons. Pretty good, actually. And the double dragon, oh, yeah. one, the white, the white one with the yellow controls. And yeah, I used to play the shit, in the, uh, shit out of them on the bus. I think probably, I want to say, I, I somehow know it was third grade for some reason or another. And that would have, that time's up perfectly right because that's right before I got my Game Boy. So I remember taking those to school and, and playing them before I had the, the more luxurious item. After that is a highlight ad from Shitty FCI and their stupid high scores without locations. And that brings us to the next issue tease. And this outlines a look at some hot new titles. There's hot again. Dragon, <laughs> uh, Double Dragon 2, which is worth being fired up about. Eight Eyes that we saw the ad for. More on Spellcaster for the SMS. And Golden Axe for Genesis, which is uh, a good title for sure. And Dungeon Explorer, Arnold Palmer Golf which we've seen a bunch of times now for Genesis, and more. And they tell us the Pro Classic will revisit Double Dragon, probably in line with marketing for Double Dragon 2. And the Overseas Prospects will be Ninja Warriors. And a, the Adventures of Game Pro comic will be on Castlevania. And that's just a reminder, even though we were already teased with it in the comic itself. After that is a couple of ads from Tengen and Ultra touting a bunch of NES shit we've seen. And we are out. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
That was the shotgun guy boss theme on NES from POW Prisoners of War, bringing us into our nominations. Josh. I definitely went first last time. Fuck you, Jay. You go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is going to be a very interesting session. I don't feel like we're going to have any overlap just because it was weird and there was a ton of games to play. Um, but let's dive in. So my first one, X-Men. LJN, fight me. It's... I picked it up. Tell me, Jay, have you played this? <laughs> I messed around with it. So it was not the game I thought it was. Like this is like the worst game that's ever been created. Dude. So <laughs> I picked and I it love X-Men. Dude, I, as a huge Life Dog X-Men fan, I'm surprised that this game didn't seem familiar when I picked it up. And so it was interesting, but yeah, I mean it kind of a fun little thing. Yeah, I don't really have anything it would to probably, back. It would probably get us a lot of listens. It would be easy to market. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be hella fun, but anyway. Um, dude, that, yeah, that game is oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> that's like I think you know we, we mentioned LJN earlier and how that uh, you know they kind of automatically get grouped together as all dog shit and like X Men is like <laughs> leading fucking. <laughs> I actually thought about like not mentioning that after you said I was like, no, this is gonna be fun. Definitely gonna put that one in there. <laughs> So, you know, not a, I don't have a huge, strong, huge draw about it other than the fact that it's X-Men. But otherwise, uh, I said, POW Prisoners of War. Like I said, what can I say? I love these types of games. Fun. You know, yeah. And then Last Battle, because huge sprites, a lot of fun again. It seemed like a direct arcade port. I, I don't know that it is, but it just... It seemed like a high quality type of game graphically, especially when you compare it to to some of those other unlicensed games that we played that just seem absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, my runners up were like Captain Silver, Scramble Spirits, just random games. So I was kind of all over the place with these. There wasn't a whole lot that I played that I was super excited about digging into this time. A lot that were kind of like, okay, decent could be okay with more time. Yeah, that's what we said before. Like the game, the one of the toughest things about Game Pro, as far as mag apps go is just, they're just so all over the place <laughs> like there's just so many fucking titles in each one that it's kind of overwhelming uh, tough to choose okay uh yeah you're right we have no overlap you're correct <laughs> i have the well the first one is probably the most maybe unexpected of, of any of these considering the others i kind of uh, hyped up a little bit when we got to them i don't even think we touched on this actually but I have my first one was Ghouls and Ghosts again. It was briefly shown in that uh, original Sega ad, you know, mm. original Genesis ad, rather. So, okay. yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I just there's there's something I like about the idea of kind of returning to the scene of the crime, you know, being with our first game up being being on the the original one on NES and that being such a dumpster fire, that, <laughs> uh, and, and having fiddled with this one and it being seemingly so much fucking better and it's just a beautiful game. I think you know, uh, it looks really cool. Even though, and I still, I mean, the reason I didn't like, the reason I hadn't played the original one for NES too much, even though it being kind of like a, you know, considered a, a, a classic, almost not quite tentpole, but like a big franchise, uh, is because I just, something about it just doesn't do it for me. Like, the, just the mechanic of that guy, mm -hmm. and, the, and the lances, and just something about it just doesn't fucking do it for me thematically. But... When I fiddled with it that for a couple, I think maybe the last Game Pro, uh, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was last Game Pro because I don't believe it was in the, the newsletter. We did, but 
yeah but it's fucking great looks great really good game controls felt great and you know it probably is is heavily fueled in like how my expectation going into it was like this horrific experience i had (laughs) you know so like when i turned it on and it wasn't didn't feel that way at all i was probably like overcompensated how much i was enjoying it you know what i mean uh but it it does seem like a pretty fucking good game and like i said it is such a it's got at some point they got to get good because it is such a revered franchise you know what i mean yeah i think i i want to say that the snes one is a little better regarded maybe i I feel like i've heard more about it so maybe it's more apropos to wait until we get to that part of the whole deal to to do 16 oh yeah super ghost singles right yeah i think that's on the switch yeah 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 it is definitely on the switch for sure yeah and it's not uh well of course it's not never mind but yeah the the it is definitely a, a revered game i believe Okay. So that's the first one, and two, just because it's going to start now and go until we do it, uh, Dig Dug 2. I've already, <laughs> already made my case there. And the, I can't, you know, it's kind of, I have a, uh, it's Christmas time. I have some work shit coming up that starts the 13th. It's going to be a pretty intense week. So the idea of something lean maybe kind of appeals to me too. But um, yeah, I've already made my case with that. And then Revenge of Shinobi. Like, it's such a, I'm telling you, dude, it's like so good. It was so fucking good. I think, um, you know, it has it has all those appealing things that got us to consider and take on Altered Beast as our first Genesis title. Yeah. But every aspect of it is better. <laughs> you know? So, like, I, I think it'd be, you know, much more enjoyable, but still kind of check that that box of, like, a huge step up in the, in the system, in the type of game we're playing, you know both aesthetically and control everything just it's more like an actual arcade game you know that altered beast wanted to be okay so those are three yeah those are the three man um good titles good titles i'd, I'd definitely be down to play some more dig duck for sure okay uh, i like i said i didn't get to i didn't get to mess around with the revenge of shinobi because i couldn't find the port but obviously we can rectify that but i'd be down to play either one of those two well, there's so yeah. I mean, what I was gonna because the the last battle thing, like you know, like you're so you're on top, you're you're on it like that, and like I feel like my memory, like I had to have played the SMS one to be because I was so down on it. So I kind of mm-hmm. feel like what I'm saying is like you haven't played Revenge of Shinobi yet, so this will give you it'll it, one thousand percent will be in the next game, bro. Like there's just zero doubt it'll be something about it. So you'll have the opportunity to diddle with it before we make a choice to really commit to it, and. On the flip side, I have time to do that with last battle, you know, before we decide mm. to get to it. So basically, a lot of, if we skip those now and kind of can't and, and exclude those from our list here to kind of just wean this down, that will give us more time to do research to find out if it's something we want to get in bed with, with, with any substance. So I can get those off the list now, and I'm, I'm open to that. We'll see them both plenty of times uh, again in the future, so I'm not worried about never seeing them again for sure. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, we kind of just kind of somewhat got off that, too. I like the idea of waiting. For, for the SMS or the SNES version, and X Men, I refuse to let us play. <laughs> I'll tell you, I expected that response, so yeah. <laughs> so fucking bad. Dude. How long did you play it? I played it. How long did I play it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe twenty minutes or so. I made it through a couple of levels, but it felt very repetitive. But oh, then I, super. when I when I played with the different uh, X Men, I could see their different powers. But I just, I would need, you know the instruction manual to understand it but even then i don't know that it would be an amazing game so oh, yeah it's so messy it does have a co-op i think i'm pretty sure you can co-op it which is cool um and it is x-men i got the ip i it goes without saying i fucking absolutely love i think everybody does yeah uh, 
but yeah, it is just it's not good. It is not not good. <laughs> <laughs> so dig that too. It sounds. Uh, I dude, we get out of the way now. It's kind of like the uh, I, when I like I said when I railroad us into these ones that I just refuse to let die. Uh, it's better to just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> To, to open up well, our options for just, uh, more more varied discussion. <laughs> it's a different type of game than we've played. A different type of game than I've really seen or normally mess around with. So yeah, it sounds good. Work, yeah, and it, it also gets us back to NES. You know, keeps us from fucking sticking to only the new shit, which is this is kind of good, I think, to make sure we don't get ca- caught into a rut of just nothing but Genesis here because the games are clearly better because it's a better system. So. Yep. I like that too. All right, fucking A. Let's see. You clearly aren't going to have me argue with you. Uh, all right, Dig Dug 2. Let's do it. The next episode will be a game up on Dig Dug 2. And the next issue after that for, for the mag up will be Nintendo Power issue 10. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the podcast on that platform, if you could, please. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and the subreddit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. That's the link for that's in the show notes. Jay, what are your socials? Uh, my gamer tag is gentleman JB without the second E. You can add me on Xbox, follow me, uh, catch me on Facebook, all those fun socials. And my Instagram is at my shift key is broke. My Twitter is at Josh Fullen. Okay. Bye. Bye.